Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Join me for the ultimate team mom deep dive. This is more than just a recap show. I'll scour the internet to bring you all the best drama that MTV didn't air. From police reports to deleted tweets, I've got the details on all the fights, breakups, and arrests of our favorite MTV train wrecks. If you think the moms bring the drama on TV, just wait until you hear what really happened. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hi guys, welcome back to Feathers in My Hair. So this week I've asked Princess to come on and she's going to pop in in a second. But first I want to plug that I went on a podcast this week about Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen called Gimme Pizza. I linked to it on my Feathers in My Hair Instagram account. I love doing it. It was so fun. I got like super deep about the cultural relevancy of Mary-Kate and Ashley. We talked about the show Two of a Kind and how it kind of set their entire tween slash teen career into motion. It was super great. Loved it. Highly suggest that you go listen to that episode. Second of all, I want to plug the National Network of Abortion Funds. If you have $5 to spare, they are an incredible organization that I have been, I'm a like yearly contributing member to them. They have a very low yearly contributing member, so you can become one too if you'd like to. But they, I've been donating money to them for a couple years now, and they give direct funds to uh, people that need abortions. Like they help them break logistical barriers, financial barriers, while supporting Planned Parenthood is amazing. I support them too. Uh, this charity specifically, I guess charity, yeah, it's charity, but this organization specifically helps people in need of abortions get abortions. They do it quickly. They're extremely well organized. I know a lot of people right now are reeling, unsure of how to help, unsure what to do, who to donate to. Um, and I know and trust National Network of Abortion Funds. I highly suggest that if you want to put your money where your anger is to check them out. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to start with those two quick plugs and surprise Liz supports abortion funds. Like, woo, who could have ever thought, but anyway, hi princess. Hey, you know, um, people are very shocked to find that, that I am pro-choice, not people who know me, but people who know me tangentially. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. And they're like, but you also, um, you know, foster and you also go down to these places and volunteer to displace children. I was like, yeah, because I care about people and that's why I'm pro-choice. I don't care about controlling people. I care about helping people. And so like, I can't imagine halfway knowing me and being like, what? <laughs> I have fundraised for specific people's abortions. I yeah. Have- <laughs> Don't like, don't get it twisted, kids. <laughs> I am definitely pro-choice. So. I would also suggest if you can, I actually have people that if you want to be on this list, let me know. I have people that uh, work in abortion advocacy, like on that I'm internet friends with, mm-hmm. and they'll contact me if they need like direct funds for somebody. And that's always a good way to help too. I'm sure if you like search around on Twitter a little bit, you could find somebody that is basically crowdsourcing abortion funds. And I mean, it's all like, I'm always good for $20. You know what I like? It could be even less, but I'll like constantly have this one friend specifically that will be like, Hey, I I need $300 for this. And she almost always raises it. And if I can throw 10, 20 at it, it's, 
it's a really good way to like directly, directly, directly help people right. that need it. Right. Um, and I would love to like be helpful as long as this is not a group chat. I'm fine with it. And that I don't support. And so... No, I know you don't support a group chat. When I read a eulogy at your funeral, I'll make sure you mention that. Please do. Do not. I got into, people keep adding me to group chats, but I think it's by accident. And what I usually do is I ask them, if it's not iMessage, you can't just leave it. So. <sighs> it's a I, nightmare. Yeah. I ask them to stop. And if they don't, I start putting dick pics in there. <laughs> and this one time I almost did it, but they were talking in like Vietnamese and I was like, they don't know what I'm saying and this is going to really hurt them. So <laughs> anti, I protest group, um, group texts. So. I, and I support you on that Thank and you. I respect that. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So I brought princess on one because I love her and I love having her on feathers in my hair, Aww. but Obviously, like, the talk of this week is that – oh, wait. First, do you want to announce what you wanted to oh, announce? yeah, yeah, yeah. So, guys – Before we get into so it. guys, I want to talk about something I'm going to be doing, and hopefully some of the people who listen to this podcast will be into it. I am starting a new podcast, and it's called Buy Pumpkin, and it is a reality TV rewind podcast. Basically, I am going to be going through – older seasons of influential influential shows and influential to me because there are a lot of these types of podcasts <laughs> that are going through I love that you know you know what I'm talking about like the, yeah they'll be like let's go through survivor season three and I'm like girl I don't care about that I want you to talk about when pumpkin spit on New York that's what I want you to do and so I'm going to start with the, that first season of Flavor of Love. And I'm going, it's, it is a recap podcast, but it's more about talking about the layers of watching something that was influential to you a long time ago and watching it in 2019. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd love to, the other shows I'm thinking of doing are Breaking Bonaducci, thanks to that person who sent us the stuff. Um, I want to do... Um, the second season of Bad Girls Club. I want to do um, just, I want to do the first season of Little Women LA. I want to talk about how these things have impacted culture. And Liz said something that was very smart a minute ago when we were talking about this before we got on here. She was talking about how um, uh, most of those shows contributed to gift uh, culture. The gifts we're using today are tons of them come from old, old, old events that happen in these reality TV shows. Um, we also talked about the fact that if there were no Tiffany New York Pollard, there'd be no Lanithia Leakes. There, without Lanithia Leakes, the housewives, disagree if you want to, the housewives that, as we know it today, would not exist. Um, you can draw parallel lines directly from some of these early shows to what we're looking at today. But also we should talk about the fact that Flavor Flav used to change women's names like they were slaves and put clocks on chains around their necks and how that was okay with me. (laughs) So I want to, so, I'm sorry. I dropped my, I dropped my uh, headphones. So I want to talk about the purpose of the podcast. It's just for us to go through 
some some uh, reality TV shows from way back when and reanalyze them. It'll be me, and I'm also going to have guests on. And I mean, we're going to have a good time. It's called Buy Pumpkin. And if you can follow me on at I'm Princess Jones on Instagram, and I think that's my Twitter handle too, I will have more information about when it's ready to launch, okay? It's amazing. It is your Twitter handle too. <laughs> Thank you for letting me know. <laughs> You're welcome. That I like... I'm really excited about that. Yeah. I can't wait to come and talk about Breaking Bonaduce and yes. other things that I demand that we watch. I mean, I still say that if MTV puts the back catalog of True Life on, oh then I will do a True Life podcast, but oh only when I can watch the exact episodes that I want to so watch. So good. So... Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so let's talk about the news of the week, which is, so I thought about doing a bonus podcast earlier this week when, like, all the information broke, but I was kind of, like, waiting for more info to come out, and then, like, not really a ton more info came out, and I realized I didn't have that much to talk about that, like, I would want to do a bonus episode outside of doing this episode, if that makes sense. I could talk about Chanel getting fired forever, but there's not that much information about this beyond like what I post on my Instagram, I guess. But obviously the news of the week is that all of the children that were in Janelle's care have been removed from the home by CPS. As anybody that's a regular listener of this podcast knows, Feather, Feather, Princess. (laughs) I just renamed you. That's cool. Oh God. It's been a long week. Princess is a adoptive mom. She is a foster parent. She has worked. Have you done child advocacy volunteering stuff? Yeah. Yeah. So she is, although not in the state of North Carolina, we should say in every state definitely has their own rules and procedures, but she is entrenched in this world. She's a lot of knowledge in this world. And I have a very, very limited, I would say maybe like a tiny bit more than the average person just from working um, in crime victims advocacy and working occasionally with vic- like child abuse victims, like child molestation victims, because that often obviously overlapped with CPS. So I sat in on CPS stuff and um, like on forensic interviews, we would always be, not always, but I would, I sat in on quite a few or was like an advocate in quite a few uh, child, like interviews where the child spoke with like the child abuse team. So, but that's like just my understanding, like a very limited role not like in an actual removal and logistics role more just like we were there to help and be support for the family um and the child too so that really is all that i know but princess knows a lot more and basically the the quick rundown is that first last friday so a week ago apparently this is all first of all i just want to remind everyone that we like truly know nothing we only know what sources tell us These cases will be sealed. Mm -hmm. Any information that comes out, our sources are like, I just want everyone, even coming from our more reliable sources, such as TMZ or the Ashley, like everyone just needs to remember that this is like all based on sources. And this isn't going to be like a divorce case where we see the documents, you know, Radar's not going to get like the Guardia Mad Lightum report. Right. (laughs) This is all very speculative, but what we understand is that last Friday, CPS 
called Doris, Nate's mom, and said, come get Kaiser from daycare. You're authorized to remove Kaiser from daycare. It was Mother's Day weekend, so it was definitely Janelle's weekend. Uh, Doris went and picked up Kaiser. Then I guess Nate either drove up or flew up. And since then, Kaiser has been with Doris and Nate. To my understanding, Radar Online said that he was in Florida with Nate, no. but I don't believe that to be true. That doesn't make any sense to Radar me. Is crazy. Doris lives... Doris lives two hours away in South Carolina. I think what was happening is that all the reports kept saying he's with his father and, and people know that he lives in Florida now. Mm -hmm. So they assume that he's in Florida, but I am positive that he was not there. Especially if he was in court today. Kaiser had to go to court. Yeah. And yesterday. Ashley, Ashley, his girlfriend, Nate's girlfriend hasn't posted anything with uh, Nate in the Instagram stories until today. She posted this up with Kaiser. I'm assuming today's Friday and she flew up, you know, she flew up. It also doesn't make any sense that um, Nate would have been able to take him to Florida that quickly. If they're still in such the early process of everything going on, I would think that they wouldn't want him to be a 10 hour plus drive away and he was going to have to come to court. It just doesn't make any sense. What makes sense is that Nathan went and is staying at Doris's house. Um, then everybody's kind of like, okay, what's going on? Apparently that same day, CP, it, it had already come out that Barbara wasn't going to let Jace go to, uh, Janelle's house anymore. Um, but apparently that same day, that Friday, last Friday, uh, CPS came to school and talked to Jace and they said, Jace can't, shouldn't go there. So everybody's kind of like, okay, well, what about the girls? Then on Monday, it starts, or I guess Tuesday, it gets reported that a judge has signed an order for both the girls to be removed. Remember, David's son does, David's son, Caden, doesn't go over there. So at this point, it's just Ensley and Marissa. Um, the judge signs off on it. Then there's all this reports that they are evading a court order and they've <laughs> left the land. And like, the Ashley did this weird thing where she like is literally the one that said they heard about the court order. They left the land. So the girls haven't been turned over. And then later that night, she's like, some sites are reporting that they fled, but that's not true. And I'm like, bitch, you reported that. Like you said that. When I read it. The first time I read, they are not at home with the girls. And then suddenly every, the, everywhere was like, they're on the run. I was like, that is not what happened. They are not at home, which is very different from we have packed our shit and hit the road. Like, well, they could literally think, be at his mom's house all day. Like, <laughs> I think why people like Ashley worded it so poorly yeah. when she like she shouldn't have said like they heard about the court order and they've left the land. Yes, that's like what that. she said. <laughs> she she they were sentences back to back i think most people reading it were like uh holy shit like they're like actively evading a court order it was just irresponsible reporting and that's what i mean like even these most reliable sources of which i personally consider the ashley to be yeah, i consider tmz here's my thing with tmz TMZ is incredibly reliable when it comes to most celebrity news. It just is. You know, all celebrity gossip is gossip, but they are pretty good on reporting stuff that is true. It's just, it's just a fact. It's because they don't, it's different than like an Us Weekly because they don't have to like keep writing stories. Yeah. Uh, like for their site, they just write when they have stuff basically. Right. But the only thing when it comes to the TMZ reporting is that they don't keep up with Teen Mom closely. They report when there's major stuff, 
But because they're not like their reporters aren't on it, on it all the time, they're like not hyper familiar like we all are. And like, that's why I like the Ashley a little better than TMZ stuff because she has like a really deep understanding of like everybody that's at play here. She's a team mom. She literally wrote a book on team mom. Um, She is a true team mom historian. So her, she understands the timelines better. She understands like all the players better. Who's whose mom, you know, she just has a deeper understanding of everybody involved. Well, that's, so I will say TMZ like fucks up on timelines and players a little bit. Pieces of information that are well known. Like when this first happened, they said, they had a headline that was basically like CPS has removed Kaiser right. and Jace from the home. And we all know Jace doesn't live there. And she doesn't exactly. they didn't remove him because she doesn't have him. She has exactly. visitation rights. And I think she has right to knowledge on medical issues and school and stuff. But yeah. she, he can't be it, removed from her. She doesn't have him. Exactly. And the Ashley would never write a story yes. like that because she knows <laughs> that Janelle doesn't have him. But, but at the, the, the thing is, it's like, they weren't a hunt. They were incorrect, but they were correct that like TMZ said that yes. Jay shouldn't, or CPS shouldn't, Jay said that CPS shouldn't it's go, whatever. Nuances. I just fucked that sentence up six times. <laughs> it's the nuances but, they sometimes get wrong, but they also have better resources than the Ashley who, yes. So they can absolutely. send paparazzi there to stay out at the land. Yep. And the Ashley, I think she had like, I want to, I keep acting like the Ashley is some girl on her laptop on the, on the couch. I mean, she definitely has, it started that way, yeah, but now she cool. definitely has probably, maybe she has like three, I bet she has like five people that freelance. I think it for was her. sold. I think it was sold. I think a company owns it now. I do not think the girl who um, ran it that day, you know, the first time it, it opened, still is involved in it. I think they just keep it this way for so continuity. I don't, I think that it's possible she sold, but I think that she's still involved because her Twitter voice has literally never changed. <laughs> so you're like, maybe it's one of those things like how Hugh Hefner sold the uh, mansion. Yes. Or like there. Bethany Frankel. Yes. Okay. 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 I can see that. I think it's a situation like that. So I could see that she maybe sold the name and she runs it at, you know, she's like, yeah, she's like the editor in chief of it. I mean, they wouldn't call it that, but like, that's essentially what she is. And there are maybe five freelance writers. And I think they all write under the name Ashley. It always says it's from the Ashley. And some of the stuff is written. I think you're right, especially because the voice is different in the way they write things. Well, and she doesn't watch all those shows. No. You know what I mean? Like, they recap different shows. Like, no. but her Twitter, like, the Ashley Twitter, like, has been her voice the whole time I've known her. That's right. And then also, the times that she's answering back, it seems like it's a person. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it is. Like, it definitely uh, is. Okay, so I can see it that way. But yeah. But TMZ has better pictures and video, and the Ashley has Well, they the can person. pay for photographers. Yeah. They pay for people like to go and stalk David and Janelle and talk to them. Which is dangerous. <laughs> yeah. So basically, then eventually, Ensley and Marissa get turned over to David's mom. Um, and that's kind of where we are. They went to court yesterday and were there all day yesterday apparently they went to court today and were there all day today uh everybody's being interviewed apparently all five i guess even they keep saying all five but i don't think he's actually involved in this caden so not. i guess all four kids he's not um yeah because he hasn't been over there since the 911 no. call his mom is like no fuck no no because i think she has 
the restraining order is lifted, but she still has full Correct. custody. And so she is inside that. So he, he has no custody. I think, I think what's being confusing is that Marissa's mother is, I'm not saying she's like, a, a, she's no custody. She, yeah. She's not a player, but people are reporting that Marissa's mother attended court. And so they're confusing that person with Olivia, the mother of yeah. the son who just got the child support. We'll be right back after a quick break. I think you're correct. And so then they're it's, like, oh. There are a, to be fair, there's a lot of fucking people involved in this. Right. And not everybody's full time like you are. <laughs> if Liz does not get an Emmy for her 24-7 coverage <laughs> of this shit, there's no fucking justice. There's no justice. <laughs> There's a lot of fucking people involved involved in this. Like, there's multiple sets of grandparents. There are exit. I mean, yes. it doesn't help that each of these children were born to a different relationship. Right. So there's extra parents in every single thing. Yeah, but all four kids apparently have like a separate case. They all have their own guardian mad litem. They all like there. It's not just like one thing. There's a lot of moving parts here. And that's why they're in court all day because each child has a separate case. Um, so I kind of want to go over, cause I've been reading a lot of stuff and I want to be mm-hmm. like, I want to clarify some things for people who Please. are just unfamiliar with how a CPS investigation works and how foster care and custody and things like that. And I want to clarify that I know this from my experiences there. I, I don't live in North Carolina and I do not work for CPS, but the first thing that people misunderstand is they, th- they think Janelle has lost her children. Janelle's a long way from losing her children. All that is happening right now is an investigation has been opened. And CPS has, in the course of like starting this investigation, has decided that the kids cannot be in the home during the investigation. And the investigation is against David, not David and Janelle. I'm not saying that if they if something's uncovered during the investigation, like Janelle's been burning people with a curling iron that she'll, nothing's going to happen to the Janelle. I'm just saying that the reason for the investigation is David. So if David were an, a smart person, he would go stay with his mom until this blew over. And Janelle, all those kids could be at Janelle's house. Mm-hmm. I don't think people realize that, that the only reason they're not there is because David is. And this happens all the time, guys, all the time where an investigation is started because a male, and again, I don't mean to be like, it never happens with women, but because it does, but it's usually some man in the house has committed some abuse act and the kids are removed because of that. And CPS says, well, I have to take him today unless he's willing and you're not going to see him. He's not going to see these kids until the investigation's over. And a lot of times Mm -hmm. they're like, hell no, he lives here. You know, that's not fair. Da, da, da. And CPS has to do what they have to do and they take the children. Yeah. So that's the first thing. This other thing is, is that all of the kids were, are with relatives instead of in foster care because that's business as usual. Janelle is not getting special treatment. It is always better for children to be, when they're displaced, to be put with people they know. So, so like, if it's not a blood relative that they know, 
They can have something called fictive kin, which is someone that they know, but is not necessarily related to them, like a teacher. So like I could take my best friend's exactly. kids in a situation like that because I'm antlers. Yeah. So let's say, God forbid, your your best friend and her husband died and mm-hmm. they're and there's no and they're they're trying to CBS is trying to figure out what to do with the kids. They you could say, I know them very well. I'm um, I have a place for them to stay. Uh, I don't have a criminal record. Da, da, da. Can I take, they let you take them tonight and they would do the background and all the other stuff later. Okay. Because you are a fictive kin to them. So this is how it goes. Like Janelle, unless she had no one willing to do this, her kids were never going to go sleep on, in a CPS office. Like so many other kids have to. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, cause um, easy for Kaiser. Kaiser has um, another parent and a grandparent that are involved in his custody. Um, Inslee and Marissa, I believe David and Janelle took Inslee and Marissa to David's mom's house. Yeah, that's what they made it seem. And also remember, like, maybe not as much now, but at the beginning of, I guess it is sometimes, they don't travel, they've gotten obviously much more isolated and insular, Mm -hmm. but like in the first year of Inslee's life, like she spent a lot of time with David's mom. And his sister, right? Yeah, the sister probably too. I think so. The sister, uh, yeah, his sisters, but like David's mom was always like their primary babysitter when they were still taking oh, that's trips right. and living uh, Nathan the Yellen. more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they used to always remember Janelle used to like always travel and like just never be near her you kids. Had that manager that would um, go to like pets. <laughs> yeah, ex- opening of pets. Exactly. And like when she and Nathan were together, I remember people used to like keep count of how many trips (laughs) they would take. Like, and then her and David did that for like the first like two years, but haven't really been doing it in the last year, I would say. So it definitely makes sense for Ensley to go with David's mom, regardless of, you know, maybe what my or anybody else's opinions are on David's mom. Right. They don't have to be great. They just have to be relatively safe. Yeah. And so the other thing is, so because this case was just opened up, they had a supervised visit. And depending on what the judge is going to say on Monday and Tuesday when they get through it, um, they may continue, there may continue an investigation and Janelle and David have supervised visits. But if they are at the relatives and the relatives allow Janelle and David to see the kids without permission, the kids will be removed from them too. Mm-hmm. So when CPS told Barb, it's not a good idea for you to take Jace over there. They met, they were saying you cannot take Jace over there because they are being actively investigated. And if Barb did, then Barb would be in trouble and Barb would find herself on the, um, the end of some, I'm not saying they take Jace from her, but she'd probably be in a lot of trouble and they'd probably be doing some investigation to Barb and Barb don't want no investigation because Barb is not that great. So no, of course. Well, and also like Barb doesn't want to have to go to parenting classes. Barb doesn't want to have to like all of the shit that they would do. They're not going to take Jace, but house. they're going to, you know what I mean? She'll have to jump through hoops. They go, oh, by the way, because I'm a foster parent, I get investigated by CPS all the time. Everybody calls CPS on me. And so, it's just a part of It's how it goes. Okay. So if someone calls CPS on you, like let's say Jace got into, uh, they found out that, Barb was sending Jace over the weekend still, and it was found out. CPS would come, and they would do more investigation, and that means they go into your house, they open your refrigerator, they check the closet, see, they, they're all in your shit, guys. They mm-hmm. don't tell you. That's another thing. People are like, 
Um, I know Janelle said that they never called her. They don't call you bitch. Oh yeah, that was Janelle's thing. <laughs> they- Janelle was like, they did this behind my back. And it's like, yeah, no and shit. Yes, it is hurtful. So the first time I had a CPS investigation against me because a kid, um, and actually he didn't even fucking mean it. He just wanted some attention. He was like trying to be like the center of this group. And he said that, we do something to him that we do definitely do not do. And he tried to take it back immediately, but you have to, that's a mandatory call. And so Mm -hmm. the first time it happened to me, I was, I felt a little some way too, because I got a call that said, Hey, I'm so-and-so from CPS and I have already seen your children. I went to school. I interviewed them in the class, not the classroom, the, the counselor's office. I asked them these questions. This is what they told me. Um, I don't think this is going to go any further, but I do have to come to your home today after you pick up the kids. And they came and they interviewed all of us separately. They went everywhere. So Jace, I mean, Barbara don't want that smoke. Okay. She don't want that. No. So I, if it's, I don't, you know what? I don't know what Barb does. I don't, I don't understand a lot of her motives with Janelle. No, but it, I bet she's relieved that CPS is involved. Yeah. And now she can say, Janelle, you're not letting me send him over there. Yeah. So she can blame somebody else. And instead yeah. of having to be the confrontation with, I think Barb also has a lot of guilt about Janelle because. Yeah. Rightfully. Rightfully. Probably. I think. So by the time we met Barb and Janelle, they were physically fighting each other. Like mm-hmm. Janelle was threatening to beat her ass and was like, Ifing her. I don't know if you guys know what ifing is. It's like when you kind of like almost like you act like you're going to hit somebody. That's called an if. <laughs> I never heard it described that. That's funny. So she's like ifing her, and Barb is like flinching and shit. Like they were down the fucking road. And I yeah. bet Barb fucked Janelle up when she was little. Used to, and when I say fuck her, I mean hit her. I bet Barb seems like a drinker. I'm not trying to be rude, but she does. And I bet there were drunken fights and and her ex-husband used to beat Barb. And like, I bet it used to be crazy up in there. And Barb realizes in her 60s, I think she is, that like, oh shit. like She's 70. Yeah, you're like, even now as she's raising Jace, not that well in my opinion, but she is. I bet she's like, oh shit, I wasn't supposed to feed them candy for dinner. Damn. Yeah. Chalk that up. Yeah, for, <laughs> so, for sure. So, okay. She definitely... Sorry, no, no, go ahead. No. So, okay, so that so keep that in mind. If they if they if they're supposed to have supervisors with the kids and the relatives let them see them, those kids will be placed somewhere else. Now, if so as the investigation goes, they have to determine what's the what's the deal. And in a lot of times an investigation, it it takes a lot to take someone's fucking kids away. So, if the investigation finds that David's a piece, like a piece of shit, he has too many guns, He's got a smart fucking mouth. He doesn't listen, but by the way, he supposedly they supposedly had a visit on Wednesday, and he was removed from the I visitation believe, room. I believe he was like, "Yeah, well, I don't know why the fuck my kids are here anyway." But I believe there's something like yeah. that. And, you do and they were like, "Just get out." Nope, we don't exactly. care. Leave. And so they have no tolerance it, for that. And the minute you you raise your voice, it's like, "Okay, yes. bye." And they yeah. have police there and everything. Yeah, it's and and I'm not sure. I've never been to there their um center but the one here in austin i've had to take kids to because there was investigations um like i had an emergency placement and those kids had alleged sexual abuse at their last one so there Mm -hmm. was a current investigation so i had to take them down there to to honestly be interrogated that's what they're they were trying to 
They would yeah, record them. It's a forensic interview. Yeah, forensic interview. But it's I called it baby jail because it's beautiful. It's so pretty in there, guys. It's there's every toy you could ever imagine. They have all the snacks. They'll give you all of them. There are crayons <laughs> and TVs and like you want to be there if you're a kid. But all the doors lock. Like when they put you, mm-hmm. you can't leave it. Um, you have to be escorted through. Uh, you they take the children away to a room. They showed me the room because I was like helping them walk. One of them, one of the kids didn't want to go. And um, there are two way mirrors. Think Benson mm-hmm. except there's also teddy bears in the room. Yeah. So like, I don't, that's the type of place they have to do their meetups for those supervised visits probably, or unless they're doing it in CPS's office. So anyway, they have police there and they would most definitely arrest the fuck out of you. You got to go or you're going to be arrested right now. And it's not going to help you. It's not going to help your kid. Yeah. So, so uh, keep going. So basically it's a long way to get to taking your kids away. Plenty of people get to this part and their kids come back next week or next month or in three months. I I want to caution everyone about being like, woohoo, the kids are going to get away from Janelle. They may never get away from Janelle. And if mm-hmm. CPS does their investigation and they find that David is the problem and Janelle is fine, they will give Janelle a parenting plan and it will probably involve parenting classes about trauma, about um, how to phys- how to discipline your kids. It will include physical discipline. It will say, it will teach her what the difference is between, I don't want to argue this, but it feel, it'll teach you the difference between physical discipline and what is actual and what is abuse. It'll do all those things like nutrition. It'll give her parenting classes. It'll say like, you have to provide a safe home, which I think she can. But mostly it will say, no more David. David can't go there. You can't be around David. And this is where a lot of women get themselves into trouble because they'll be working with CPS and everything will be going well. They'll be having more visits. They'll have to be having unsupervised visits. There'll be like a plan to put the child back into the home. And what happens is as soon as they get the kid back, the guy comes back or they've been seeing that guy the whole time. And once you've done that, they take him right back. And so mm-hmm. that, that'll, that'll be what happens if the investigation finds that David is abusive but if they find that david killed that dog and that's it and everything else is fine well quote unquote fine because we know it's not fine it's likely they will go back and i'm not saying that's the right thing i'm saying that's the thing that's what happens and the last thing i want to remind everybody is that there are half a million children in this country in foster care all over the country some who will be there until they're 18 because they're not cute enough, they're too old, they come with too much baggage, too many siblings, all kinds of things. Some that will die in foster care due to neglect, mm-hmm. um, abuse, or the medically fragile kids who are terminal. They will die in a, whole, in a um, hospital bed alone with no family because no one's willing to take them on. That there, are, I know that we really focus on these kids because they're on TV and we see them and everything, but there are kids that go to your kid's school right now that are in similar situations and could use some help. They could use donated resources, money, volunteers. There are organizations in your area. Um, you don't have to be like some super person to do this. My husband's not that great. And one of the things he does is he takes um, kids in RTCs on campouts. Um, once a quarter, they all go on campouts, and it's a it's 
they don't have to be in this residential treatment center anymore. They get a time, they get some time mm-hmm. outside and it's not a whole lot of commitment, but it's something he can do to make the suffering of these kids a little better. And I think everyone listening to this, if you really feel, if you're like super worried about Inslee, you should be worried about fucking Marissa. If you, cause Marissa's what, 11. Mm-hmm. If this were to go through and the relatives, let's say they lose custody and the relatives can't take Marissa. Inslee will be fine. Barbara, somebody will take her. And if not, she'll be adopted very quickly. She's a very cute young child. Um, Marissa is 11. And as I always say, that girl has seen a lot of shit. It's going to be very hard finding her someplace. Kaiser will end up with Doris mostly. And we better hope to God Doris doesn't die. Because... I think Kaiser's going to... I think he's going to go to Nate. You think... Because don't they have... That's So that's one of the things I wanted to ask you. Don't they have a, a hearing at the end of this month? They... So the Ashley's saying that it's possible that that's going to be, like, pushback. Because if they... If this is all up in the air, like, she said that it's very possible. They're supposed to go on May 30th, my birthday. That's the only reason I remember the date off the top of my head. Um, but she says that the, it will be likely continued if the kids are removed from Janelle's home. Um, but supposedly like it's not Doris that's been granted the CPS, whatever placement it's officially been Nathan. And Nathan still has supervised. But Nathan, that's why I'm confused. And I also think it's possible that that's not true and that it, it is Doris that's technically technically been granted them but or nathan's been there and he's been allowed to be there because he's being supervised by doris and so it's it's easier to just say he's with his father this is what i mean guys about like we really don't know like even if like unless a cps worker is fucking on record saying like nathan has been granted they want their job and they won't be so that's what i mean like i don't really understand how Unless a court, like a judge, because it was grant the supervised visits were granted by a judge, I think. Yeah. So unless unless the judge lifts the supervised visits, how can CPS put him they in? They can't. It, it absolutely custody. was Doris because Doris is a relative, and some and you don't have to be licensed to take a, a, a relative's child emergency. Also, I want to also remind everybody that there is a difference between being not a good parent and being an abusive parent because. Nathan is not a good parent, guys. He's not. I don't even yeah. know if Doris is great. I She did raise Nathan, although I will not blame it all on her. And, but, so if they find that David's abusive, Janelle is refusing to separate herself from or lying about separating herself from him, mm-hmm. Janelle will lose, though, Kaiser, because abuse is worse than just being bad. Like Leah's a bad mm-hmm. parent, in my opinion. We'll get to her later. But yeah, and I mean, she's not and abusive. like, look, you guys know that I've been anti-Nath. Like, I am probably Nathan's biggest oh God, hater in this world. I think he is awful. I think that it's literally. I think the word for him is fucking pathetic. That he lives ten hours away from his children. He does not take advantage of all his visitations with Kaiser. He's granted every other weekend. He does not see that kid every other weekend because he lives ten hours away. Every other weekend, he Kaiser goes to Doris's. Nate's only there once maybe a month. Maybe FaceTimes him during that time. Maybe. He, he's maybe. Not, he's... I, but do I think that if it's between Kaiser or Nate and Janelle, like, yeah, of course Kaiser should go live in Florida with Nate and, and also, Ashley. Like, right now, 
that's it's the only option. I personally would like to see Nate move to North or South Carolina, move in with Doris, and the two of them do it together. But first of all, I think Nate's going to get bored as fuck doing that. He's going to get mad at Doris. He's going to expect Doris to do everything. I think he would much rather power dynamics wise have Kaiser in Florida and let Ashley, his girlfriend, raise him and him play like a laid back dad instead of playing the laid back dad with his mom who probably gets angrier at him for not or helping that his girlfriend him, would. And he doesn't want to be criticized. You saw exactly. being Nate. Yeah. We thought he closed that door and beat her up because he, yeah. and, and I also want to make sure and remember, Doris was the one raising him, like, that whole, in the Being Nate episode, like, he spent, like, a minute with right. Kaiser. It was all right. Doris. Um, he went out drinking and found that girl. And Kaiser was, yeah. And, and you only get every other weekend, so why the fuck can't you just spend it with your kid? But I also want to make sure we know that if Nate gets custody, and I, I don't mean me and you, I mean the people listening, no. That if Nate gets custody of Kaiser, that doesn't mean Kaiser won't be hit. Kaiser will most definitely still be hit. Will yeah. someone shoot a dog in front of him? Probably not. But uh, I'm sure they'll spank. They will him. spank him. There will be drinking around him. There will be fighting. I don't believe that Nate and Ashley they don't fight have all the time. Like he does with all of other um, girlfriends. There will be there will be an extended custody thing between Janelle and and Nate, and that's going to be even more if you because Kaiser's a little kid, guys. I I don't. I think people think that children see their parents the way we see them. Kaiser doesn't see his parents like that. Kaiser loves Janelle and he loves David Mm -hmm. and he does not. Wait, I need to interrupt you because I'm so fucking sick of people like seeing a picture of Kaiser smiling with Nate and being like, he looks so happy there. He never looks like that with Janelle. Like, first of all, yes, he does. Like if you look at Janelle's pictures on her Instagram and the shit she posts on her stories, like, Kaiser is often laughing and smiling. He seems like a pretty happy kid. We just, Nathan, you only see pictures, pictures of Kaiser smiling with Nathan because you only see Kaiser and Nathan interacting on social media. You don't see them on the show. And in your head, you're not thinking of David beating up Kaiser when he's with Nathan. You're thinking of Nathan saving him. You're using your preconceived notion to judge these pictures. There's nothing I fucking hate more about this fandom than when they look at the pictures of the children and be like, that's a forced smile. He's four. Most of his smiles are forced. I saw one today, a comment that said he's really smiling with his eyes here. And he never does with Janelle. He's four fucking years old. He loves his mom. He loves being at his mom's. And yeah, he probably does have more fun when he goes to his dad's house because he sees his dad once a month. It's a weekend dad. It's a fun dad type thing. And you know what? It's very possible that he does feel safer there and he's happier there. And I'm not discounting that because we know David is an abuser. I am not like, I'm not discounting that he is in a better place when he's with Nate and Doris. I agree with that, but I'm so sick of these, like, look at his, look, it's so obvious that he loves his dad and he doesn't ever smile like this when he's with Janelle. Like Marissa, sure. We can talk about like what, what she looks like in pictures, I guess she's 11, but like a four year old, like, Oh my God, Jesus Christ. Like stop projecting like what you think about this situation onto pictures of children and (laughs) drives me nuts i saw that the ashley said something about marissa testifying like an older child testifying i don't think it was jason i think it was marissa and Mm -hmm. marissa probably this is the best marissa has ever lived and i bet you if you heard if she you've asked her about it she'd say she's really happy 
everything's fine. There's oh. no problems. And she wants to be with her. She's got a new she phone. Got, she wants to be with her dad because she does want to be with her dad. It's even people who have yeah. grown up in relatively good families like I did. It was till my 30s that I would tell a story and someone would be like, that was fucked up. And I'd be like, oh, that's not funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and I certainly didn't have that ability at 11. I certainly didn't have that ability at four. And if you asked me, I would have been like, I want to be here. This is where my family is. This is where my thing is. This is where I go. Why yeah. would I not want to be here? So. Yeah, absolutely. I would also point out that um, Marissa probably always was pretty yes. poor with, you know, David or her mom that's addicted to drugs or her rural yes. grandparents now they're kind of she's living the life of riley financially um well okay that's a thing i'm wondering if she wants supposedly she wants to go to school but i don't know where that information is coming from i do personally know so i don't want to give like personal personal details but someone i know had their kids removed she had three kids a 15 year old girl and then like a 10 year old boy and like a five-year-old girl um, all from different fathers, but they all they all lived with her, and they lived with her and her husband, who is the father, of the youngest one. Um, the middle one had like a lot of really severe ADHD and a lot of issues like around that, like to the point where they thought he might be schizophrenic because the ADHD was so bad, like that type of stuff. He showed up to school one day, I guess, with bruises all over him. Um, they went, I guess, he told them that they were from the parents. I'm not like totally totally clear on that but that I do know they went and the oldest daughter had been going to online school according to the mom and would like tell me about the online school and this wasn't my friend it's just somebody that I know and she basically would I guess like she was like that she's doing so good in her classes and you know she's 15 I was like okay that sounds good she had, the girl had, had a lot of problems the last year in school and I was like, that's great. Uh, CPS showed up, removed all three kids. And one of the conditions was that like the girl had to start going to school because apparently she like hadn't actually been doing her online school. Now this is in Florida. I don't really know what the homeschooling or online school regulations are there versus, you know, in North mm -hmm. Carolina. But I do wonder if there will be a, in that case. a mandate from CPS. Like that was like one of the first things after removing the kids was like one of the first things was like that girl has to go to school like she has to go back in school because she's not doing like if, if she had been actually be doing homeschooling and it would have been a different yeah. story but it's not working and you have to you have to give her an education i bet marissa misses misses friends and misses being time away because remember she's the only one that doesn't yeah. get it but i bet she Oh, well no she does get time away she goes to her grand her maternal grandparents i think every other weekend or often yeah. And they think everything's fine at that at the land? I don't know. Who I mean it's her maternal grandparents, the ones who were, I guess, raising her. They gave her, when her David back to David. Custody. I mean, I guess Well, I think David got emergency custody from that. I don't think so I don't really know. We don't really know a lot about, but she has been going so, there. So when all this happened, often. the way the reports came out, it seemed like everything was voluntary. Even Olivia letting Caden see um david seemed voluntary that wasn't so uh, let me explain the olivia okay, and caden situation a little bit okay so basically when 
Olivia, when Caden was like, I think under two months old, um, Olivia left David. Now there had been a lot of abuse in the relationship. At one point he had pushed her and she went, when she was seven months pregnant and she went into early labor that had to be stopped. They got into a fight in the car and he left her on the side of the road. And then the final straw was that she woke up, according to Olivia, she woke up uh, with David like strangling her when she was like when the baby had like just been born, I believe under two months. So then she say, went, I'm a killer. Or what yeah. Say? And I, I, I don't know if he called the father, but the father then helped her move out. I do remember that bit. So then she went and got a two year restraining order because that's probably the length of restraining order times in North Carolina. I don't know if you guys know this, but restraining orders have expiration yes. dates um, in Pennsylvania, most the standard PFA protection from abuse order is one year. Um, and then you have to go and fucking renew it every year. Now, it, there are some changes like there's if this if it's through criminal courts, it can be different because that's a judge putting in a no contact order like it's a little different. But like a civil restraining order, which is what she got, which in PFA. In uh, Pennsylvania, we call PFA. They have time limits. Don't they start um, small, so like she was able to usually, or did it? Um, well, you get like your temporary one, and then usually they're one or two years. Uh, like in Pennsylvania, a temporary one is usually within two weeks, and that's when you get in front of the judge for your permanent uh, PFA. But that's the thing that I don't think most people realize <laughs> is that like restraining orders expire, and when you think of a restraining order, you're like, oh yeah, that's for life. But that's absolutely not how they work. So she was able to get a restraining order for her and Caden, which is pretty rare. It's pretty hard to get a child included in a restraining order because civil judges don't like to be used as family court. They want that shit figured out in family court. They don't like to say that a parent cannot see a child. It's like when I I talked about this when Macy tried to get the restraining order against Ryan on, Mm -hmm. on Bentley. And I said, I guarantee you she will not be able to get that because the, the civil judge that does restraining orders, that's like, he doesn't want to have a part of that. You know what I mean? Like they want the family courts to decide that because that's family court jurisdiction. But Olivia was able to get this. I have a feeling that David probably did not show up or did not send representation to defend him. So he would, they were just granted this order. Okay. Then during this two years, at some point, uh, the order got violated because if you guys don't remember, like David saw Olivia's, a family member of Olivia and Caden out at like the grocery store. And David like went up and hugged the mm-hmm. kid. And I think he even, did he go to jail no, for that for a couple but, of days? Uh, no. It, no, he didn't go to jail for it, but they called the police. Right. And he, I think even got a charge. I just don't think he ended up getting, um, having to go to jail. But I remember it was like, he could possibly go to jail for like, it was like a small amount because restraining, that's another thing, like violating restraining orders. Like it's not a very harsh penalty. Like you're not, you're not going away forever. You're going to spend 30 days in county jail. Um, which is more than I want (laughs) to do, but you're like, it's more than I want to do. Like I could do a weekend, but other than that, I have things to do. (laughs) So sometime in, I guess it was like early 2018, the restraining order, like Olivia let the restraining order. That's what I mean by voluntary, because she seemed at the time to be like, it's okay. I'm not going to, because, you know, I feel like things have 
She just felt like she could try. Yeah, but then then it got contentious again because I guess they agreed on supervised visits. And apparently in the order, it said that David, he wasn't allowed to appear on Teen Mom and that David and Janelle weren't allowed to post him on social media at all. And of course, the minute they had a supervised visit, he's up on social media because that's how they do. So Olivia withheld visits and she got in trouble for that. Um, They were able to file like a contempt of the custody order. And David went from supervised visits to having him every other weekend on the land unsupervised because Olivia fucked herself there because she didn't have the money to have a lawyer. Like she didn't have the money to defend herself in this situation. Supposedly, basically what happened is, is that she like just couldn't afford to fully fight them on it. But the thing is, it's like, you can't with like, even if somebody violates a custody order, like if there's no safety yes. issues, like you can't just withhold visitation. Right. You cannot just even not if send they violate the order, unless you believe there's like Chelsea could just not send Aubrey because Adam has been because it's dangerous yes. to have Adam around Aubrey. Barb could have not sent Jace after right. the gun incident because you could have said, "All right, I, I'm worried about their safety." You can't say. I don't want him on Twitter. I, and you know why they were, you know, why she, Janelle put him on Instagram because she wants to prove to all of us. Exactly. That her life is perfect. Exactly. Uh, without a fucking doubt. That's why she put him on Instagram and Olivia. So when they were finally able to get in front of a judge, they were able to show that Olivia was not maintaining like her side of the custody order. And they got to, uh, unsupervised every other week in visits then the 911 call happened. Caden was there oh, that night. I didn't know that. And Caden mm-hmm, was there the night that the police came. And I would assume that Olivia got a lawyer. And the lawyer was like, don't send him back there. And they recently, as we know, went to court. Um, he was ordered, David is $4,000 behind in child support. And as far as we know, Olivia, I don't even know if he was granted visitation. Um, like supervised visitation. I wonder if it was like in like an Adam situation where it has to be in the the, the center because I don't think they've, they have not seen him since the 911 call. Olivia posted some vague stuff on Facebook. Like God is watching out for me and my son. Um, so it's safe to assume that David does not have access to this child. Is that why he's not playing child Court documents. I think that's why. Cause he was like, yo go. Cause $4,000 isn't that much to be behind. Like it obviously is, but like if you're ordered to pay like $800 a month, you know what I mean? Like, that's not that many months of back child support. And it would track that that's like, when did that 911 call happen in like October? You know, um, was, you know, when, when, when TMZ first hit that headline with uh, the kids have been removed from Janelle, I opened my phone mm-hmm. and gasp in public. And a person I knew was like, princess, are you okay? And I was like, Oh my God, Janelle just lost her kids. And she was like, is that your friend? And I was like, <laughs> you're like, in a way, like, in a way. No, it's just someone whose life I care entirely too much about. <laughs> it's like, but I was just thinking about that while you're telling me about Caden. Like, the information that someone like you, and I, to an extent someone like me has on what has happened in Janelle's husband's... Seth. Like, you can just, you did not look that up. You were just like, okay, let me tell you. Because I was there. Yeah, why It was I, a part of my life. It's, it's, I know this, like, it's I horrific. know my own birth story (laughs) truly truly um also radar got their hands on some of the transcripts from that court hearing and 
the child support one, I guess it's been like kind of ongoing because Janelle testified and testified that in 2018, she made four, $400,000 from being on so Team So that's Mom not Jail. Instagram. That's not SpawnCon. I don't, I mean, they asked from being on the reality yeah, show. So I don't know if that's her overall income or just from the show, but Janelle made four hundred, at least $400,000 in uh, 2018. David said that he could not have a job because he had to work. Or he had to um, get to homeschool Marissa and the judge said, go fuck yourself. Because in case you guys don't know, you're not allowed to just stop working to not pay child support. And he also said he had vitiligo, which he does. But but the sun is too harsh on his skin and he can't be outside. (laughs) He did the Michael Jackson defense. (laughs) And the sun probably is harsh on his skin, but guess what? They're inside jobs. Always. Always. They probably pulled so Instagram and so, was yeah. like, what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> yeah, the judge apparently was not convinced with that stuff. So I think that I'm trying to think if anything else has happened, mm-hmm. like CPS kids wise. Basically, we'll like, guys, Janelle is not leaving David. She's never left a guy in her life. Oh, God. Losing her kids. She has like, never left anybody. She's clung on to them till all hell broke loose. Till they they block her number, she clings until they block her number. Like what Gary had, right? That was ended in an arrest over. Yeah, and even she like hooked up with him again, like six months later. Like she doesn't start, she doesn't get over a guy. Like they'll break up, but then it takes her a long time to stop talking to him until she gets a new boyfriend. But even then, still she will like be talking to them. Janelle, she's not leaving David. Like the fact that they said like you have to. either leave David or have your kids like they didn't say leave David they said David can't stay here right yeah you just like Janelle doesn't care about having her kids like that's that's the elephant in the room that we're not talking about right like Janelle doesn't really care about having her kids like it she's not unique there that she thinks that somehow she can finagle this that she'll get those kids back and still be able to keep David. And maybe she will, but I don't know why she's hanging with so hard. I read a comment on Reddit that has really, really, really okay. stuck with me. I'm, I think it was her username is like Kelsey IVI. I can't, sorry. I don't even know if you listen to this podcast. Probably not. Um, because a lot of people on Reddit hate this <laughs> podcast, but, or, well, we're, that means they hate me. Um, anyway, she said that the floodgates have opened for Janelle and that has really stuck with me because Janelle has been able for the 10 years that we've known her, Bob and weave, (laughs) Bob and weave, like a punch comes her way that bitch bobs and weaves and maybe she'll get like a side graze. You know what I mean? Like, but she keeps on moving and nothing of really bad consequence happens to her. Now, I don't mean to say that she's like a happy person with a good life, but I, like I've said a million times before, like Janelle survived. is probably the most miserable person alive. Like she fucking hates herself and she hates her life. And that's why she acts the way she does. She's very mentally ill. She's a drug addict. Like I'm not saying that Janelle has lived like consequence free. Cause I believe she has a lot of internal mm-hmm. consequences, but externally she has lived pretty fucking consequence free as we all know as evidenced by her 18 arrests with one misdemeanor conviction um as evidenced by like the fact that she 
had a job up until, you know what I mean? Like she never had to face real, real consequences. And all of a sudden this dog killing has just changed everything. I think that you can, it's a lot easier to survive when like other things are going your way too. And like, I don't know how to describe this exactly, but she's been able to like somehow manage juggle like all of the shit that's happening and stay upright. And now she's like, the balls are falling and she can't seem to grasp them. And I don't know if she's ever going to be able to get them all back up in the air again. I feel like she's been knocked down and it's going to be almost impossible for her to stand back up because a lot of times like something will happen and people who live the way that Janelle lives and like one really bad thing will happen. And then there's almost no coming back from it because it just creates this course trajectory that cannot be course corrected. Like you just like start all the, like everything just spirals and spirals and spirals and you're just unable to get out of it. And I think that might be happening for the The, first time. The other thing that I, so I was thinking Janelle's been awfully quiet. And normally when something happens to Janelle, Janelle is tweeting us. <laughs> she is, she's letting us mm. know. And she is like, and I think. Sally, I mean, even though she sold like two stories to us. Yeah, but I'm just this. saying like, we get a lot of direct. I agree. N- not fighting on Twitter. Yeah, and I yeah. think Janelle is shook because the two things that she never fucking thought were actually going to happen, happened. She got fired and somebody was like, no bitch, you can't keep, we're taking these kids. And I bet. So yeah. the Ashley says that um, she had like pictures and stuff of them leaving and like David's moving his arms all like, cause I can tell he's walking out of the courtroom like, what the fuck? They should, they, they're not in control. Yeah. And so like, but I bet Janelle is just like, dude, like she, I bet she's real quiet these days because I think she yeah. sees that this is fucking serious. And David doesn't think it's serious yet. He still thinks he can go in there and yell and they'll just give him, they'll just be like, okay, well, here you go. But I bet it's definitely quiet in that house right now. Maybe he's talking, but she's I like, I don't know, smoking weed on the bed or something like that. And, and just like uh, texting her ex-manager. I don't know, but she is incredibly quiet right now. I think she should call Tori and I think Tori should come over and <laughs> they should get into some fucking trouble. I think that's what they should do because that's what they always do. Oh, the one other thing that I wanted to mention is that I think the biggest hurdle for Janelle is that David's not going to fucking cooperate. And that's all they want. We didn't talk about that. We didn't talk about that. So my understanding, you can tell me if I'm wrong, is that the biggest impediment for getting your kids back is not following the parenting guidelines set forth by CPS. And the way that you get your rights terminated is that you are unable to reach the certain, basically you get like a parenting plan given to you. And it's like, you have to do this, 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 and this, like pass this many drug tests, have this job, have this type of house, like make this amount of contact visits. Like, and I don't think David's going to agree to He's going to be resentful that, he, that they even to- are telling him what to do. And so CPS, yeah. so every time they go to court, CPS will report to the judge what's been going on. And all it takes is a judge to get tired of you. Here in Texas, they try to give you a year. If you have not made progress in a year, you, they move to terminate your rights in most cases. Which is yeah, pretty quick. But most places give you about a year. Now, that's if you're not making any progress. If you made a little progress and you had a step back, they'll, they'll give you more time. 
but the year is what they're looking for. Okay. They want the kid back with you in the year, basically. They, but mm-hmm. here in Texas, if by month three, you haven't even started and it looks like you ain't going to do it, they'll just start moving towards it because you have to be showing some kind of progress. So, um, like, so my kids that are adopted, their bio mom had a, a social worker of her own, a caseworker for each for each kid. And like the social worker would go and go, hey, are you, um, and I remember I said, you need to sign up for these services because I need to see, um, I need to make sure you're getting your medical treatment you need. Um, I need you to make sure that you have food in the house. Call this number because you need to have food when your caseworker gets there. Like there is somebody that mm-hmm. if you want it is telling you what you need to do for the other case. Like you have some help, but I, mm. but you're right. David cannot, he, he resents the idea that they're even telling him what to do and he's not going to cooperate. And that's, what's going to bring Janelle down right there. Yeah. I know the person that I know had to complete something like eight yes, therapy sessions like and she had this princess, she had this idea. She was going to go to eight hours in one day. What that was she going to do? Uh-huh. In two no. weeks, she was good. And I was like, there, good luck. That doesn't look like, good. Sure. It doesn't look good. It, well, first of all, good luck finding a fucking therapist that will do that with and you. You have to tell them why you're coming. You can't just be like, oh, I just popped in because I want to know more about myself. Because <laughs> they have to sign off yeah. for you. So. Yeah. So she had to do like a certain amount of um, parent, like yeah. she had to do parenting classes, therapy. I think the two younger ones are back with her now and the oldest one still isn't. They get a choice um, when they're like 15 and stuff. They get a choice too. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure what's going on there, but yeah. So I mean, David's going to have to do stuff. He's going to have to let social workers land. Case, he's going to have to let CPS go in his house. This is where I wonder how off the deep end David is. Because I, in my head, go back and forth trying to figure out how much of his act is an act that he does and how much of it is genuine. Does that make sense? Yes. Much like Trump. And I'm, he's playing the yeah, camera sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So I think that this will be a demonstration. Of, I mean, I will say, like, he did shave for court. You know what I mean? Like, he knew not to go into court with that fucking frontier man Amish oh beard you know, he has. Like, he had enough sense to, like, wear a decent outfit, to shave. Like, I, I understand that sounds trivial, but to me, that signals a little bit that he understands like he's gonna have to play the game but then at the same time like he got kicked out of the visiting room you don't guys Um, maybe you don't know this but a lot of people don't care to look a certain way for church for uh for court like they come in like in whatever the fuck they want yeah and you know so i just recently moved to the suburbs of austin and today i was in another suburb and I had to take a weird way home. So I was down these back country roads. I was like, oh, fuck. Janelle lives in some, like, this is, like, how you get to Janelle's house. And I drove past someone. I swear to fucking God was David. I was like, is that David? And then I was like, ooh, let me get home. Because I don't want to be out here. I don't want to, like, get a flat tire out here. I just, I was thinking so hard. And it was because the guy had that hat and the weird beard. And he, you were right when you keep saying David was making himself look like that. 
Yeah. When he shaved his fucking head and had that beard, like that was, he was purposely making himself look as yeah, crazy as possible. to go to court. Um, I think, yeah. no, I don't know that he'll cooperate. And if he does, I'll be really surprised. But I, I will be too. I think, so I think Janelle think, realizes this is more serious than David does. And I think that there's going to get a point where she's going to be like, oh, fuck, David's going to take me down. I'm not saying she's going to leave him. I'm not saying that. I'm just I think she must already at least No. Some might be thinking about that. Oh, I also wanted to mention one other thing. I'm curious because there are so many kids involved with so many different parentage, like if Kaiser will be permanently removed and maybe Ensley will be returned. Okay. Because Kaiser has Kaiser's not biologically related to David. So don't you think it's easier to make the case that he gets permanently removed and Janelle has visitations with him than it would be to remove Ensley from both her well, parents? Well, I think that what's going to happen you know what is saying? that CPS is going to testify at their custody hearing. And it's not that Janelle got removed, is that he got less That's custody. It. And so it'll be that the judge orders, in the best of cases, the judge orders that Janelle gets supervised visits but Nathan can take him to Florida, but the supervised, but like, like there's some sort of. The supervised visits are in North Carolina. He has to facilitate them six yeah, times or, a year. Janelle has yeah, to pay for or that like, cost. Um, yeah. Janelle can have him certain weekends, but David can't be there. And. Yeah. Or, and possible that like Barbara has to be there as a supervisor. Which means that like, Janelle will never see Kaiser again because she can't even film without David. And she's going to work. Imagine yeah. if she worked at Chick-fil-A. Imagine if she was like, well, I got a shift today. And he was like, calling her manager. <laughs> I'm going to call it there and blow the fucking place up. Because you guys won't let me stand in the lobby while she's serving this race or this homophobic chicken. And she's like. <laughs> oh, my God. By the way, speaking of Chick-fil-A and their homophobic <laughs> chicken. Okay. There's this thing where the Duggars send their children, the boys, which is called the Alert Academy, which is not a conversion therapy camp, but it's um, like basically like a reform camp for Christians. They don't advertise themselves as conversion therapy, but like five of their sons have been there, including Josh, although they don't talk about what? Josh going there anymore because they want to, you know, make it seem like what a is good it? place. It's like a place to like. And they like go camping and like oh, break their cool. spirits. It's like. There's a girl version of it too, which a couple of the girls have gone to. Um, I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head, but it's called the Alert Academy. Uh, one of the sons is there now. Um, the Duggars were like posting about it. So I was looking at their Instagram page, the Alert Academy's Instagram page, and Chick-fil-A had donated yeah. them food. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, right. Like, you go to Chick-fil-A and be like, I, I grew with your mission, but I'm going to stand in the lab until my baby's done in the drive-thru. Like, that's the type of shit. Yeah. So you're right. I mean, we've been talking for an hour about Janelle, but well, I know, I know. But one of the other things I want, uh, I wrote down about them, because the in this in this show, okay, this is Janelle's last episode. Yes, for now. For now, well, on the re- she'll be so on the reunion. In the show, the way she's talking is as if MTV is making her life difficult, and David is not my favorite thing in the world like she's like you i'll be here to film david apologized for threatening you he apologized like she's like i don't understand what your problem is morgan j freeman looks frazzled he 
The last time we saw him, I thought he was cute. Well, he's about to lose his <laughs> So there are a couple things that I okay. wanted to point out with that. Because whatever, Janelle talks to her friend about it. It's the same shit they talked about last week. The important part of this episode was that there's a phone call with Larry, Morgan J. Freeman, Kristen, and maybe one or two other producers. But those are our three friends that we know. And Janelle talks to them. They have her on like a fancy speakerphone in the middle of the table. And there's a couple things that confused me. And one thing that I wrote, literally, like I bolded it and made it size 18 because I'm not sure if everybody else caught it, but I caught it. And I want to hear what your opinions and everybody, I want you to come on my Instagram and tell me. But first I noticed she kept saying like, and then people will say, why don't you come here and film? And like, David can just wait somewhere else in the Airbnb. And then like, you'll be here. I'm like, who are these people that are pitching filming ideas to her? Did you notice she was like, it was just okay. really weird. Like she wasn't saying like mm-hmm. MTV says that I should come here. And then David, there, like, there are some times so. when she's talking, she mixed up her pronouns a bunch of times to make it seem like I think that's she, she made it seem so the way she was talking when she first started was that and then you say come here and then you say come a little further and then you say do this and do that and right that and was so production, like and yes. no and no and then I and then I think she started talking about the things that she offered to do but then they said no but but the way she was I think doing you're right. it, but she, she was her pronouns she switched up. up, and so I was like, "Are you?" At first, I was confused too. I was like, "Janelle, are you the one saying let's go a little further?" And they keep telling no to you, and that's why you're mad because they won't film. Or, but it was a combination of both. And what that showed me was that MTV or production, because production and MTV are two separate entities. Yeah, you get fired correct. by MTV. You, Farrah got fired over a contract dispute. I don't care how many things we saw of her being evil to production didn't want to work with her, but MTV fired her over a contract dispute about you can't Minnesota. do these things. Cause we own you for this amount of time. That's what it was. The fact that she's, yeah. beat, she set several PAs on fire had nothing to do with it. And she would have kept setting PAs on fire. Correct. If MTV could have gotten her to stop promoting that they didn't even care if she did it. They just didn't want her to promote it. <laughs> So yeah, they're, she's in the room with production, right? She's talking to production right now and they're talking about trouble filming. MTV fired her over the fact that they can't sell a show with her on it. If that hadn't happened, yes. they would have figured out some other filming things to do with her. So, but I didn't know yeah. they, they got her Airbnb. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess I guess. No, I don't think they did get her. I think what she was saying, and she just was like wording it really fucking weird, is that she would come up with these, or they would come up with the, like, okay, how about you go here? And then Janelle would say, okay, but how about David waits in the Airbnb? Mm. And then they would, like, David's going to come with me, but he'll just be in the Airbnb. But then you guys say no. But the way she was saying it made it sound like somebody was, like, suggesting she come to this place, then David would wait in the airbnb and then mtv or production is that her manager would shut though? that down saying why don't you ask him to do this it's possible that's also possible that i was wondering if maybe johnny donovan was trying to like help her like formulate ideas um to film and it's just so silly because janelle like that i janelle's like i don't understand why you can't film near him and they're like being clear like we're not filming in the same because, state. And not because, <laughs> so she's acting like they're not filming the same state because they don't want them on TV. No, 
We're not filming yeah. in the same state because if you say you're filming, he starts threatening us and then shows up to filming. If he would stay at home, we could film you two blocks away from your fucking house. We don't care as long as he stops showing up. I exactly because they did it yes. until this season. You know, they did a whole season and a half they would without love him to film or whatever. They would love for David to go to a friend's house yeah. and for her to film being like, well, David's busy today. You know, he's does his underwater sea treasure thing or whatever the fuck he does with his vitiligo. Yeah. 100%. 100%. That would be their ideal. So it's so funny that Janelle's acting like MTV just like wants her to be traveling. Like they're scared. It's a harder for MTV. The easiest place for MTV is to film and it's in the land. The best storytelling. They don't have to clear places. They don't have to pay. The kids are running money. around. We're getting like, in your element. You can pretend yeah. like David's working yeah. a lot, and you're like, I'm, I'm a busy mom. Like you, we could do that, and they would have no problem showing yeah. that if you, if David would leave, but he won't because I think it's a jealousy. I think. To control, it's it's very hard for him to realize he is the beta in this relationship in so many ways. We do not care about yeah. you, David. We yeah. care about Janelle, and I think that's hard for him. Yeah. I also wanted to bring up something that I've been thinking about since Janelle got fired. So this mm-hmm. show has a has a very established format. Somebody's got to be the bad mom. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Somebody's getting a bad edit. And it switches around, mm-hmm. but Janelle gets the worst edit every time. If I was one of those other girls, I wouldn't be celebrating. I'd be like, who the fuck are they going to edit into Janelle? And if That's I were Leah, really I'd be true. like, bitch, <laughs> it's you. It's you, fuck. Leah, because you're the closest one. to be. It's so easy. Next season, I think everybody's edit's going to get a Leah little less favorable. They're not going to bring Jade in and make her... It's going to be too hard, first of all, because Janade is Janade. J- Jade is a lot like a kale. So it's. No, they're going to show her fighting. Yes, in front they're going to show Sean in a bad light. They're going to show the mom in a bad light. They're going to show her yeah. arguing about what's best for the baby. Okay? But who can they show not feeding their kids? Who can they show with their kids not buckled up? <laughs> who can they show with their kid not in the wheelchair that her very expensive doctor wants her? Leah needs to be shaking her fucking boots because you don't, baby, I don't know if you can do another season, another bad edit season. I don't know if you can survive it. I don't. That's a great, great point. Um, I thought it was like, I appreciated that Kristen mm-hmm. kind of spoke up in this and she's like, well, Janelle, you know, our hands are just really tied after David so threatened us in writing. It. it was in writing. It's kind of hard to walk back. Like, if he just walked up to me and told me he was going to kill me. You know, in the words of Dorinda Medley, say it, forget it, write it, regret it. Good old drunk Dorinda. <laughs> Look, that was, everybody kind of made fun she of her for right. that, but she was fucking she, right. I'm not saying Dorinda's not right. I'm just saying that she smells like a bar. Oh, Good old drunk Dorinda, but she's a hundred percent right. You can scream and scream and scream at something at a person, and everything you can scream almost yeah. can be walked back, like shit in yeah. writing. Yeah, yeah, that's why. That lives for work. If I want, forever. if I want to like do something sensitive, I walk over and tell them I never put it in an email because I'm like, no, bitch, you won't print this out and show it. To- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, okay, Janelle goes, but he apologized for it. Like what Janelle doesn't understand or what she's choosing to pretend to not understand. I think it's that is that like 
empty production knows that it's going to be every time David's going to behave like this every single and David's time. David's a large man and he's unpredictable. He has guns. He has guns. Think of is her name is Kristen or Kirsten. Kristen standing Kristen. next to David looks like what? Looks like Shaq when he started dating hoops. Yeah, he, she looks like a child. So true. like he could do anything. And he has threatened to shoot yeah. them on numerous occasions. He's threatened to shoot them on tape before. He told them to get off his land because you're not videoing, you're not filming today, or I'm going to shoot you. Yeah. Um, so I wrote this down in bold. She says, it's not like I'm on drugs Gosh. and got married on a whim. So I'm not going to leave him for the show. So I'm you know. sorry. Mm. Now, she's talking about Cortland, but... I want to, like, go into this maybe a little deeper than she meant it. Okay. Janelle married Cortland when the show was on a long, a year-long hiatus. The show went off the air for almost a full year. They did not film. Janelle was deep into heroin. This is when she married Cortland. It was unsure if the show was going to come back. Um, they'd been getting a lot of bad press from Amber and... I think they just like didn't want to be a show about recording, you know, like heroin addicts. And I thought it was interesting that she said, I'm not going to leave him for the show because this show came back almost immediately after she left him. I'm wondering, this is what I'm wondering if, yes, there was a big arrest and that was like the, when she left him for good and got the abortion, but I'm wondering if MTV showed up like right around then and was like, you can't come on the show back on the show if you stay married to Cortland. Why are and you wondering? Said, okay. That? You know that's what happened because Amber went to jail and the show went away. Amber got out of the jail and I know she was talking to producers and going, not Amber, sorry. Um, the show wasn't on. I'm sure that when Amber got her redemption story for uh OG, what? Yeah, OG, then they, I'm sure she was talking all this. I'm going to change my life. I'm going to be inspirational, blah, 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 blah. All the things MTV thinks this show is, right? This franchise is. Franchises. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that the same thing was done with Janelle, where they're like, listen, the show is coming back. And I'm not doing, I was about to say a bad, I was about to say a mean word, but I'm not doing intervention. What we're going to be doing is mm-hmm. this. So. That's got to end that. We can't. We can't be doing that anymore. And I, she was still on. She was still on drugs when she left Cortland, right? Yeah. So they got yeah. arrested together. So she's still with, with heroin. heroin, and then, yeah, and then they started filming like less than a month after that. So the reason I'm saying I'm, it's like this is. I don't think any I of us that. have ever. Like connected the like we know that they broke up. That's why Cortland was only ever seen on the show, right. like in With the parking Nate lot that one him. time. Or was like, it? Yeah. yeah, like we. Yeah, she was with Nate because she was getting her divorce finalized with Cortland. Um, because they had to be separated for a full year because the state of North Carolina has barbaric. Those laws are so crazy. Um. Anyway, like I I know that she broke up with them right when they started filming, but I can tell you, you guys know, like. As a Janelle historian, it's pretty rare that I have, like, realizations about times in Janelle's life. Especially, you guys, this is, like, the height of my, like, Janelle addiction. And I never thought to, like, put together that MTV was probably, like, 
you can't come back and on the show like, if you I stay need with that check. Things are not going well with him anyway. And oh, Barb had to pay for that abortion. Right, so, she had so no money. The show's gone. I realized what it's. I mean, I'm sure she wasn't getting paid anywhere near this, but she realized what it's like not to have that money. She also was like, yeah. This is pre-monetization right. so on Instagram. And, and MTV's like, listen, here comes a check and everything, but we don't want to see him. And she's like, okay, let me get my bag. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that, I think the, the arrest definitely sparked another sure. breakup between them. You know, like Wait. you break up with your husband, another separation. But if MTV had not come back, she probably no, so would have went back. She wanted to him. break up with him. But this is the reason she needed. Like, she, it wasn't yeah. going well. She wasn't in love. And yeah. Like, <laughs> yes. But she was, but no. then they were like, you need to do this. And she was like, just say the word, man. I'm out. <laughs> so that makes sense. Yeah. And she's like, all right, you guys can come film my abortion for the first episode and back. She's, and they're like, she's like I've got an we're abortion. in, baby. Um, appointment she's like and then i'm gonna go on a first date with a new guy and mtv is like thank you jesus janelle you're our star like welcome yeah. back girlfriend we yo, really yo, didn't want to do did this you see without the way you. they were talking to janelle i think that a lot of people hate that like they're always like they're too nice to janelle but you have to understand janelle is she's a she's a star also some people you have to manage like janelle's never gonna film if you call her and you're like mm-hmm. listen you piece of white trash. We, you need, like, that's not how you get her to film. Didn't you guys watch 30 Rock? Yes. Like, the whole show, 30 Rock is all about non-crazy people, as they would describe it, handling the talent. And that, like, and people get so up in arms about it. And I'm like, guys, she's the talent. They feel this way about Kale, too. They're always talking about how they should be fired if they want to blah, 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 blah. But that's it's not like, how you no, talk there's to someone a talent. Who wants to do something for you. And also she's yeah, you accommodate they're crazy. That's why Kristen's so but fucking good at also, her job. We don't see Denise Janelle as a person. She's a character to us. She's a yeah, person to true. them. And you have to find empathy yeah. to film her. Otherwise, no, you couldn't do it. So even though that's like so okay, true. so one of the shelters I, I work in. Um, they are like, some of the people are the type of people you would cross the street. Okay. Like it is unsafe for you to be walking down a dark street with them with you, but you have to find, if you're going to help them today or help them do whatever it is, whether you're trying to help them, like fill out their paperwork to get their benefits or like trying to get them to see a doctor that will see them for whatever, you have to find some empathy, even if they're shouting Mm -hmm. racist words at you and stuff and that's happened before i have to be like okay this guy i have decided to help this person and and whatever he is i also have to see that he's a person that he is in an immense pain that he's had a life that i could only dream of and i've had privileges and luck and all kinds of things that have helped me out that he may not have had and at the end of this i get to go home to a house that I own, a really comfy bed, and cable. And at the end of this, I'm going to mm-hmm. give him a stipend, and he's going to walk off into the night. And so, like, mm-hmm. the, I know that production has to do that with Janelle, because, and they also know her for 10 years. 10 years. They've listened yeah. to her hopes and her dreams. Yeah. You, you know how Janelle always acts like, tomorrow will be better? You know what I'm saying? Like, she was like, and now yeah. I'm going to get my house on the land. And everything's going to be great. And they've they've seen mm-hmm. her hope and, like, build herself up and fall down over and over again. 
I'm telling you, even if they don't have great feelings about her, they have empathy for her, which you and I can't do because God help us. It's Janelle. I completely agree with that. Basically, they end the episode by not firing her, but saying, like, if you will not film, like, MTV is not going to keep you on this show. And she's like, well, I don't know what to tell you guys. Can I ask you something about contract that you might know about their contract? I know that what they do often is that their contracts have the option to extend the season, right? So that's why we have one B. And they can extend it one time. So that's why it's one a season two A two B right yeah do they also have a mm-hmm. non compete in their contracts so like even though Janelle like so let's talk about Jesse Smollett Jesse Smollett yes. will not be on the last season of Empire but he's under contract and his contract you're really um, trying to bring this shit on my show Princess you're really trying to bring I'm not Jesse controversy <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about contracts <laughs> but his contract is not like Janelle's where it's like you get paid by the episodes you're well it might be but. He gets a certain amount of money, period, and then, like, money for episodes. So he will be paid a certain amount of money, period, and then, right, and, and then he cannot the go episode. on, the, he's under contract. His All his stipulations are still there, so he mm-hmm. can't go on another TV show on BET or whatever because he's still under contract with Empire. They're just choosing not to shoot him. Is Janelle's contract yeah. anything like that? Can she immediately start a Janelle in the land um youtube series i don't know like you know what i'm saying that's a great question i do not know i know that they absolutely have that clause and apparently have veto power on like everything um which is why i remember when uh farrah wanted to go on mother daughter experiment and was like really mad that they didn't let her go on that and it was Kim was like yeah. threatening to sue because she was drunk or something on it. She was supposed to be sober. Oh yeah. Kim Richardson, so for those who don't know. Yikes, yikes, McGikes to Kim Richardson Richards. in Kim every Richards. way, shape, and form. Richards. Wow. Yeah. Not Richardson's. The Richards sisters. Huh. Um, but yeah, so they definitely are allowed to. I think so. Okay. I think they used to be much stricter. With the non-complete clause, because that mother-daughter experiment was, like, I think the first year OG even came back, or maybe, like, the set, you know, like, right after they had come back. Um, I think that they have leaned a lot harder into allowing the girls to be TV stars, if you will. Like, now they get invited to the MTV Movie Awards and the VMAs, which they used oh, yeah. to not be invited to, because they just didn't want to acknowledge them as reality TV stars, um, so they let them do podcasts and have YouTube channels and go on marriage boot camp. Um, I think earlier in the show's run, they didn't like that because the idea was that they weren't stars. But since they've broken the fourth wall, it's like they have to let them be famous because they are famous. Um, so there's absolutely not complete cause, but that's a good question. I would guess, I would guess that MTV totally lets right. them out of their contract. Or doesn't enforce it. Because I just, it doesn't enforce it. I think that I, I believe that to be true, not because MTV is like some virtuistic company, like not Viacom, you know, it's not like from like a generous part, but even it might even be a little generous. Like we're not keeping you on the show, but like also, you go be you. How much am I going to spend to fight this? Because it's not, like, they don't send, like, you know, when somebody uses your 
your uh, information, uh, your your work on their website, you send a um, copyright infringement notice to the to their uh, the person that hosts them, and they'll take and they will take down the website first because they don't want to be responsible for it. It's not like marriage boot camp or YouTube's going to be like, oh, you're still under contract. Oh, we can't show this. <laughs> that's not what's going to happen. You're going to have to fight out in court and yeah. figure out what the damages are. Yeah, I'm really, I'm not sure, but that's a really good question. And I mean, I can't believe I'm saying it, but like, bye, Janelle. She had a, she had such yeah. a worthless season that I would rather her be gone and Jade come in and us get a season to at least see what it's like without her and with Jade, who I think could be, as I explained last week, like a good addition to this show. I, I'm yeah. just like at a, you know, I can't, she was just so Do you still think about Farrah when you watch OG? I don't. Um, I forgot she was on there. No, not like, I think about Farrah like when Farrah pops up Same. and I'm like, oh, I would like to see some death scenes occasionally. But like, no, I'm not like ever missing Farrah when yeah. I'm watching So And I show. think that if you give it a season, first of all, you have to keep watching it. It's your job now. Like, Anytime Liz doesn't want to do something related to Teen Mom, I always make sure to comment under, do your job. (laughs) (laughs) But you still have to watch it. I think that if you give it another season, I don't think, I think you'll still be talking about Janelle at the top of the show because you'll be talking about what happened with Janelle. But I don't think you'll be like, yeah, I miss her on the show. You're going to be like, you know. No, because the Janelle that I miss isn't the Janelle that exists anymore and hasn't for two seasons at least. I was showing, by the way, my husband does not watch TV almost at all. He has like one show he watches and it ends this. You marry the non He doesn't, what he'll do is he hangs around when I watch TV. So I told him that one of the girls on Team Mom lost her kid and he was like, oh, is it the one with the butt sex? And I was like, no, I told you she got fired. And he goes, he goes, is it the big wrestler one? And I said, like, that's Kale. And that's Bean. And then he goes, I said, it's the one with the mom. And then he goes, Janelle. He does her voice perfectly. And he calls her, like, he tells her to get out with her boyfriend. And I was like, aw, this is why we're still together. Because you don't even watch TV. And you're like, I remember this stuff. Because it was... I'm basically what I'm saying is Janelle's always going to be a part of this thing. Yeah. She's too iconic not to be, but I'm okay with her moving on. And I'm, I don't, I think the thing is, and the reason I brought this up is because I was also showing him Instagram pictures of her and he's like, why does she always have these pictures of people kissing her? And she's like looking at the camera. And I said, yeah, because she just wants to prove that people do love her. That's like her whole thing is she wants to be validated. And if she can post a picture with her smiling serenely at the camera while David kisses her from behind, that to her is the ultimate proof that I'm doing okay. And I feel like she kind of learned from the other girls in, in these later seasons. And she really tried to give us that on camera. And it just, it didn't work because we know like, we follow her on Twitter and we know the other thing. Yeah. Well, that's always her problem is that she has no self-awareness. So she thinks she can sell us this fantasy life. And that's why she gets so fucking upset over the show and the fans reactions to it. Cause she doesn't understand why we don't believe her. So by the way, I just got a little alert that, um, from radar that 
David or the judge has issued a gag order sure. on the case, yeah. which is good. I mean, it's it's not going to everybody. <laughs> no, but at least they're, I, at least that means y'all can't profit off of this by selling stories about anything. All right, that's so funny. You got an alert like that. I got an alert that Lamar Odom used a fake penis to get into the, the Olympics that passed his drug test back in. That's a litigator. That's what they're called. I a PO told me once that she had somebody try to use one and like didn't get the correct ah! skin color for him, <laughs> and he just came out. No, is it okay color. for a PO to be like, "That's not your dick. <laughs> your dick's got a funny color." I think so. I think if like the person is white and the dick is black or vice versa. Um. Anyway, we're off topic. Do you want to talk about some other girls? All right. Let's do. Yeah. Um. Okay. Brie. I don't know. First of all, this episode, just like most of the season, was really bad. It was not a good episode. Um. I just want to talk about highlights. Sure. With I would disagree with you, though. I want to talk about highlights. I didn't think it was a good episode. There were a couple moments I laughed out loud. Because I remember I haven't been watching. I've been listening to you and I watched what I'm going to be on. So I was like... Yeah, I'm really... So I was like, oh. That's me with Bravo. I don't really watch Bravo shows anymore, guys. But I know everything that's happening this season because I listen to recaps. Um, To be honest, that that thing about who's going to be the bad mom, I was thinking about that with Lisa Vanderpump. Because they all want her off the show. But no, you don't. Because then one of you got to be the villain. And who's it going to (laughs) be? So you guys can't all be friends. So you want her to stay on the show so you guys can all be mad at her and then you guys can be friends and go off on vacations. And then she's gone. Who's it going to be? I think it's going to be you, Dorit. So, so Dorit, you should want her on the show more than anybody. So. Oh, but, okay, so Brie, basically the big storyline for Brie is that Nova went to Devon's house and instead of picking her up, uh, Nova asked if she could nice. stay the night. And so she stayed the night and it was a big deal. And it was the first time she slept away from her family, well, Devon's her family, but her maternal family. And she was really good. And Roxanne and Brittany and Brie kind of agreed that it was probably good that it happened so mm-hmm. spontaneously. Um, she that didn't have time to get nervous. Apparently, I think Nova's, Nova's really shy. She probably gets a lot of anxiety. And she they couldn't, like, hype her up for it. And she was just there. She was comfortable. So she spent the night. And that was great. Except apparently overnight visits have already ended and the relationship has deteriorated because I guess we'll come out at the reunion. Um, Brie took her over there one night and Devon had her by the pool and he was drunk and (gasps) Nova can't swim and Brie had to go pick her up. Oh, so was it like he took a picture with her by the pool and she was like, oh, the fuck not. And then when it got him? I think something happened. It's gonna, apparently they talk about it at the reunion, but I think Nova called her because there was like a party going on. Devon was drunk, which it's like, Devon, you see your kids so little. Like, it's so easy not to drink when your kid is there. It's so it easy not to have a party while your kid is there. So easy not to have a party while your kid is there. Really, at nighttime, like, Nova shouldn't be near the pool if she can't no, swim. That makes you sense. know, like, no kid, no kid that needs supervision should be in a pool after lights like I can go in a pool at night I could go in a pool at night maybe when I was like eight and above but like when you are not a strong swimmer like no child that needs a supervision should be in a pool unless it's well lit and bright out either way I mean and here's the thing that's the kicker is that I bet Devon didn't know Nova can't swim because Devon is not you know what I mean like 
he, he yeah. didn't even, he, you know, he's like, probably like, baby, yeah. can you swim? And she was like, yeah. You go to the pool, like, Nova? She's yeah. like, I go to the pool. Not explaining that, well, mommy's in the pool with me and I have to wear this. I wear yeah. a life jacket. And I only go and, in the yeah. little part. And yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Ugh, that's terrible. Yeah. Well, it's so funny. My friend and I were just talking about how she took all three kids to the JCC because they go What's to swimming lessons. And uh-huh. what's a JCC? Oh, it's the Jewish Community Center. Oh. It's like YMCA. Okay, okay. I'm super. Austin definitely has a J. I'm yeah. Austin has a Jewish community. Yeah. I'm Dallas and Houston definitely have JCCs. Oh, yeah. I don't know if there are that many Jews in Austin. Me, but are there were there any Jewish people in Texas? And I just laughed at them because I was like. <laughs> Dallas is a huge Jewish community. Huge. And um, I was at a Vietnam, I don't know, people have a lot of preconceived notions about Texas, but I was like at this Vietnamese restaurant and uh, my, I had taken a picture and my friend was like, they have Asian people in Texas? Yeah, bitch. Like a ton. A ton. <laughs> they have everyone in Texas. It's a huge fucking state. A ton. Like. Um, that's funny. <laughs> are you crazy? <laughs> but so in a lot of places I have Jews, they jcc now is like why i'm saying that it's very very secular mm-hmm. um usually they'll run like jcc will run preschools and those are like jewish ish you know what i mean like the least amount of jewish but it's still considered Yay. jewish daycare um but so she took the kids to the jcc and the kids are five six and three and she realized like she was like, oh, this only works, like, when I have them at swim lessons and there's an instructor right, right, right. here. But they actually can't swim. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, they can swim with the instructor in the pool. And if there was another adult here, we could like do this. Like, you would this. never turn your like, back on them in the pool. Yeah. And she was like, I didn't really realize that because I was I don't go in the pool with them at swim right, lessons. Right. Um and the law, and I think that's probably a Nova situation that she like can swim, but she can't swim. Right. For foster kids, the law is like you have to have it's like a one to two ratio, one adult for two children, and yeah. then that's it. And like, if you don't have that ratio, you can't, you cannot be in the water. I honestly, I think for kids under like eight, a one to two ratio is really necessary. I even took the kids to. Uh, like the trampoline park and I was gonna bring all three yes. and luckily I didn't bring the youngest one and I was like oh this would have been awful if yeah, I brought yeah. her so we because I jumped and like had fun and it's like oh yeah like three kids is a shit ton of kids to keep your eyes yeah, on it is a ton like it, it what the saying that my mom used to tell me and I say all the time now is one is one two is 20 three is a million and it's just it's yeah. they multiply it's, but I'm not surprised Devon did that. That is a, that's a rookie mistake and a very dangerous. I'm not surprised. I'm disappointed. Yeah, I'm disappointed. It's um, a rookie dangerous mistake that he would have made. Like he would have made a not this particular mistake, but he would have made another rookie dangerous mistake when Nova was two if he had been in her life. But that's but yeah. by now he'd be as good as left her in the bathtub, lights. did some bullshit, your head on yeah. something because you weren't watching her. And mm-hmm. Bree's a mom. Bree's been doing this. I'm not saying alone, but she's been doing this full time since they were born. Mm-hmm. And so she immediately is she like me. I walk in place. I'm like, oh, that's dangerous. Oh, you gotta, you can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> that's you. You have to put that away. <laughs> but it's because it's my life, and it's not Devon's life. And he's like, well, why can't I have three beers and uh, we be, you know, at a little thing with my family by the pool? I, that's fine. I was watching. No, it's not fine. 
That's so, so true. That's a really I hope good they point. figure it out because I love the idea of Devon making strides. I remember Team Mom Three when they made when they sat outside in the car while he while he was watching Nova and Nova uh, started crying and they ran and were like, "No, no, you don't know how to do it. Get out!" <laughs> <laughs> so and she's adorable with him. She the Nova should be a child. She model. should. She looks like my niece, and my niece is Afro Latina too, and. She looks so, she reminds me so much of my niece. Like, I adore her. She photographs so fucking She's well. She's so good. When she, when she was smiling, <laughs> I, that's where I laughed. I was like, I mean, it was so cute. Yes, it was, she's just like, I'm here. And no, and Stella's in the back. So one of the things I wrote down about this family, and it's one of the reasons I enjoy watching them, is because they give me this. They give me the cuteness, right? And I believe mm-hmm. it. It feels authentic. Because they give you the I bad agree. stuff too. They show Roxanne standing on the table. They show the girls arguing because the fact is you guys are cramped in this little house and um, your sister has been pulling double duty for you since you were probably in elementary school. And she, sometimes she gets over it. Here, I have a comment though about them inviting Lewis, which I thought was nice. I agree with Roxanne that like she just really wanted Cell to have those pictures to look back on. I agree that that would have been very special. And regardless of what happens with Devon, like Nova will always have those professional She's pictures. She's still see Devon. She's just not going to get an overnight visit for a very long time. I agree. I'm just saying like regardless, you know what yeah. I mean? Like if Devon dropped off the face of the earth tomorrow, well, she would have all of Team Mom to watch. <laughs> but she'll have those professional pictures for the rest sure. of her life. Like, and they might be the only ones they ever get. My thing is, though, I noticed in this episode, Roxanne said, you know, I know he has to work, but I wish he'd make it time for it. And I'm not excusing Lewis here, but like, if he has to work, he has to work. My impression (laughs) was not that he had to work during, is that he had to work that day, which is also a good reason to say no to something like, well, I do have to go in, so I can't, I don't know how long this is going to last, I gotta go. I, I thought she was saying, just stop by on the way to work just okay if that's the case then I completely agree because I really want Lewis to make an effort but I was I was like is she expecting him to like leave work to do this or take off work because that's not that reasonable you know why I believe it that way because Roxanne is a working class person and I you're right she's not Randy who's been well off she doesn't expect anyone she knows he doesn't have PTO. Yeah, she 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 doesn't she's like that job gave you PTO? Where are you where are you working? Like that's you know what I mean? Like you stay there forever. Yeah, she used to you keep that job. Like think of the people that are around them. Those that's who they know. You're right. So that's I thought she point. was saying when you get off work, just come by. Where would you, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it doesn't matter what you're wearing. We'll just take the pictures. Although yeah. I'll tell you what, that the pictures were cute, but that denim and white with no shoes is such a mom thing to try to be like. This is what we're gonna wear. <laughs> I was like, Devon looked really good. They look great, and they look great together. Um, yeah. The other thing I wrote down was when Bree says she wants Lewis gone. I was like, bitch, he is gone. Just stop texting him. I bet you'll never hear from him again. That's my. That's my thing. Like. She's like, I'm going to see a lawyer to see what my rights are. I'm like, your rights are what you have right now. Like, you're not, you're not getting Lewis's rights terminated. Like, just chill. Like, he's not coming. And then if he ever tries to take you for custody, you can just be like, we haven't seen him in 16 years. So I'm, I'm not saying that Lewis shouldn't 
pay support. Obviously, he should pay child support. He should also come around. But I wonder if it would just be easier for Bray if she was like, all right, fuck it. Like, I'm not asking him for shit. I don't expect, he's not giving me anything. I'm done texting him, asking him for money. I'm not putting child support on papers. We're never talking to Lewis again and I see don't what assume, happens. I, I'm, not, I'm never going to assume he's going to show up. I'm never going to count on him. And I think you're right also because I, as much as I enjoy Bree's segment, I think she's dumb. And I think that she misunderstood a lot of things. And it is that when you go in for child support, you now have opened a, not, it's not that you open, that he gets custody. It's that you have now put all these issues on the table and they're going to say, he could say, well, you know, I have been looking to have this custody and you can say, well, he hasn't ever had her for more than an hour and she's very young and I'm willing for him to be able to come over and, and or I'm willing that he could take her to his mom's house, but that's it. Like you open a discussion for that. That's what the person said. They didn't say Lewis gets automatic. Yeah, <laughs> 50-50. That works. Yeah. So no, it's yeah, she not. should come on child support and then stop texting him and see what happens and never count on him for anything. I completely agree. I somehow just opened up notes to last week. Where did these girls? Do you know I was watching the show and I was like, fuck, was this last week's? <laughs> We're about to start recording. Wait, <laughs> what? But you know what it is? Everything stays the same. You know? Everything. Nothing always. Changed. Exactly. And I was saying that when I was in Chelsea's segment. That's what I was going. Well, it was like the same shit. Let's talk. Are you ready to talk about oh, Chelsea? Chelsea? I know why she wants to go on meds. And not go to therapy because you have to Why? leave the house. And she already has anxiety. No, I'm. if you already have anxiety, you're right. And you, she, so she's, I'm, I'm not doubting her anxiety. Don't get me wrong. But her anxiety is also telling her, you're not going to be able to talk to this person about this. You're not, nothing's going to be, nothing's going to work. And then you're going to have to leave and you have to figure out what to do with the kids. And then you're going to have to go. And then she's going to ask you these questions. She's not, and you're going to have to explain. That's what anxiety is telling her. So she thinks. If I can just get some pills, I I can fix this and be at home. And although I also think Chelsea doesn't like to leave the house and she's lazy on yes, top yes. of anxiety. I think oh, it's God, yes. Yeah. My thing is, I don't it's not I understand that Chelsea, like I understand how that feels, that anxiety, like that I have a lot of empathy for and I understand. Yes. What I find fucking frustrating is the people around her. Not being like, hey, bitch, you need to go to therapy. Like when she calls, when she, okay, Chelsea's anxiety is so crippling that she cannot be in her home by herself. That's a very unmanageable case of anxiety. Even though, That's, and she's not there by herself. She's there with MTV. Keep that in mind. There's a whole fucking camera crew there. Like she is, she cannot be alone in her home. That's like, that's serious. That's like that, that's a serious level of anxiety. So Randy comes over and she's like, I just, I don't know how to get rid of this feeling. He goes, yeah, I don't know what you do about that. Let me tell you though. I don't think Randy takes her seriously at all. He really seems over her shit in this episode. Doesn't he? I think she's right. that She's had anxiety all her life because I, the way she's talking right now is a layer of how she's always talked on camera. I, and I bet she's been doing that since she was six years old. I bet she's been like, and Randy's just tired. And I think he's been telling her since she was six years old, okay, calm down. You got to calm down, Chelsea. I, Yeah, that's yeah, true. That's, that's not going to happen. I can't come home from work because you're home alone. She's 14 at this point, not six. <laughs> like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, 
uh, just lock, put the alarm on. I'm coming. I'll be there at so and so. Invite your friend okay. over. What's his name? Adam. Go ahead. Invite him over. See. How- <laughs> I think what frustrates me also is that like I think if Chelsea could, I don't know if this is unfair of I'll me. Worry. If Chelsea could say like, if she would get vulnerable, because she's giving us this, but also at the same time giving us no vulnerability. Um. And if she could get vulnerable, and this has been my complaint about Chelsea for however many years now, if she could be like, I'm scared shitless of going to therapy. I don't, I'm scared it won't work. I'm scared of the process of calling the therapist. I'm scared of setting up the appointment. Like if she could be, she's giving us very surface level, like, yeah, she's scared of being home alone. Like we all get that. That makes sense. That's easy to talk about. Because, like, a bad thing happened, a traumatic thing happened. And if she could, like, give us a little layer of vulnerability where she's like, I'm really scared to go to therapy. And it's really, the idea of going to therapy is really overwhelming to me. Because that's probably what it is. Because I understand that deeply, that deep fear, especially someone that's been in therapy my whole life and like knows what going to therapy, starting therapy yeah. again means. And explain what you're like, you all over again. You're like, I just do not feel like opening up this shit right now. Like that, if she could give us some of that, she would be a lot more like easy to understand. But she's giving us like, she's giving us her issues without any sort of vulnerability behind it. So it just comes across so empty. That's why we don't like it. It's so inauthentic. Like, first of all, it's like, okay, you saw your children's pediatrician about getting medicine. Was that who she saw? She says, well, she starts, she says, well, I talked to the family doctor when I was there for the baby's appointment. Oh my God. And also the pediatrician. Because the family doctor is different than a pediatrician. It It is. But if she is not the patient for from this doctor, this doctor would be crazy to prescribe her anything because they could lose their license. <laughs> they can't just be like, yeah. I, so I don't know. I guess maybe they do see a doctor that sees their entire family. Thing. But if she's like, look at Watson's diaper rash. Also, can I get some <laughs> depressant? Like that's uh, like that's probably what it is. Although. I'd be kind of surprised if Chelsea doesn't have a pediatrician and just as a family doctor, but I don't know. Too. I don't a know. A lot of people, I, I mean, she, I was going to say she lives in the country, but the truth, I just don't, uh, I, most of the people, my kids, my, most of the, doc, the professionals, my doctors see, do not see adults too. Like. Also, can I just um, say that Chelsea wants Xanax? Can I just say that she, what other anti-anxiety medicines are there that she can't take that are not SSRIs that make well, you fat? Well, no, that's not, sorry, not all SSRIs make you gain weight. That's not what I'm saying. But she's like, well, I could take like the antidepressants, but I don't want to do those. So her only options are anti-anxiety meds that are SSRIs or work like SSRIs, like a Celexa type of thing, you know, um, that there are... She wants Xanax. Well, you're speaking Greek. Oh, hold on. Alexa, turn off. <laughs> <laughs> she caught me on the C one. You, you, you're speaking Greek to me because I don't know any of this stuff. But I want to say that okay. if another place she could have been vulnerable is if she said, I I don't want to gain weight. It gives me anxiety. You don't know because we're breaking the fourth wall. You guys don't know what it was like to be on this show where people were talking about my weight all the time. True. And 
I don't want to go back there. It was very hurtful to read those things about myself. And people just felt like they could say whatever to me. And that's another, that would have been an easy way to be vulnerable. Or if she like got honest, like it's really fucking hard for me to yes, stay thin. I'm like really on hard. a very controlled, I'm on a very controlled diet. And the idea of like doing all of this work and then gaining back weight, like that's giving me anxiety too. But I, I, the, doesn't make you I don't weight. understand. I mean, no and yes, it depends. A lot some people eat on benzos, but like just benzos alone, usually no. My thing is, so when Chelsea's like basically there are two types of anti-anxiety medicines in my experience. There's like fast acting a benzo, like a fast acting benzo that you take like in the moment and it calms you down. Then there's anti-anxiety meds that work more like antidepressants and you take one once a day in the morning has to be in your system for a couple weeks before it works you have to mess around with it like a benzo works for everyone you know what i mean like anybody who eats one milligram of xanax is gonna feel good if you don't have a tolerance to it like you're gonna be quite high you're not gonna be in panic you're not gonna have anxiety it's like taking a stimulant you know what i mean like anybody they're what are you saying are they also very addictive because they work so quickly well, they're very addictive, but I'm just saying like in general, like, and you definitely most likely, no, I don't want to say definitely because I don't know, but I would assume that you cannot take those by breastfeeding. And then the antidepressant like ones, which are mostly SSRIs, but some aren't SSRIs, but they kind of work similarly to them in that they're long lasting. They have to be in your system for a while and you don't get high off of them. They just help like even you out. Um, those are the ones that Chelsea isn't interested in taking, but those are the ones that she can take. And my thing is, it's like, I guess if your anxiety is so fucking bad that you cannot be alone in your house, you feel like you can't drive without panic, you can't do almost anything without panic, and your options are either feel meds that make you gain weight or stop breastfeeding and you can take medicine, it's like, don't you pick one of those options? Um, I'm... I obviously don't want to get into a breastfeeding debate at all, but she could stop breastfeeding. <laughs> like, uh, most studies say that it's only, you know, very extremely effective up to a certain amount. And then the rest is just about uh, bonding and about, um, yeah, we're pro best breastfeeding. I get what you're saying. Like she, the baby would be okay exactly. if she didn't breastfeed. And I understand she wants to like, do it. And, but if she's not willing to take the medicine that could maybe possibly make her gain weight, then the only other, and she's not willing to try yoga, she's not willing to try meditating, she's not willing to try therapy, then the only other option is that you have to stop breastfeeding and you have to take the medicine. Like, if you want medicine to be your solution, then then you might have to sacrifice the breastfeeding or you get on the fucking meds that may make you gain weight, but they don't necessarily make you gain weight. She needs to go see a psychiatrist. Like she needs to go, you know what I mean? Like when she's like, well, my doctor's going to like research more stuff. Dude, she said she and like, had to at- research. She had to get on the internet. Oh, oh my God. When she said she was researching medicines, I'm like, why are you researching Where medicine? Go see a psychiatrist. What are you doing? I, even this, I think could be more interesting. If she were to explain why these things worry her so much, I'm really concerned about my kids because I want to make sure everything's correct. I want to make sure I get ripped to shreds anytime I do something that's not 
perfect on this. And also I really worry about them. When I had Aubrey, I was, I was, I didn't know a lot of stuff. And now that I know things, I want to do everything correct. Anything I have to, I can do for my kids. I want to. So I really want to breastfeed as long as possible. But here's the other thing. Gaining weight means that I am constantly attacked. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Or she could say, like, my social media gained a million followers after she I lost weight. Like, it. I have monetized this. Like, yeah, I completely agree there. It's so inauthentic, and it makes it she so hard to empathize with her. And for Cole and Randy not to be like, you need to go to therapy is beyond frustrating to me. It's beyond frustrating because I can understand why she doesn't want to do it and why she is scared of doing it. But for Randy to just be like, well, I don't know. And also I like when he said, well, how about yoga or meditation? She goes, no, it's too bad for that. So your anxiety is too bad to try anything but medication, but now you're refusing to take medication. That's where like I stop having a lot of empathy because she does not have, it's not like she is like bipolar and she's in a manic state and is like having a psychotic break and like truly cannot, you know what I mean? Like truly cannot differentiate the truth from the false um she's not in that state she's just like being so rigid about like what it's just it's very it's just frustrating it's just really frustrating to watch and and not in a way that you're like you're not like oh I feel so bad for her like this seems so hard it's just like girl fucking help yourself I think that what you're getting from Randy is that Randy gets three calls a day from Chelsea about everything And so that's why he's like, why don't you do some yoga? Oh man, too bad. Like, that's why he sounds like that. But even when she says like, when will this feeling stop? I just wish, at least when the cameras are there, if he said, you should go to therapy and that will help it. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't believe in therapy either. I I was reading Tamara Tattles and she was... And she mm-hmm. pops in and out of Team Mom, and that's why she's wrong. I know that's why I hate her Team Mom coverage. That's why she's wrong about Team Mom a lot. And she and she mm-hmm. goes, "I like Randy. He seems nice." And then infuriated me because the thing about Randy is Randy's. I'm assuming he's very conservative, whatever. But he's one of those people who believes that everything good that happened to him in his life is a is a result of them being so smart that they made it happen, and everything bad that happened is a result of someone else's fault. So when he talks about Chelsea, remember he so he commented about how, well, Chelsea concentrated, focused on her daughter, and that's why she's doing... Like, basically, he was saying that Chelsea mm-hmm. has this life and Cole because Chelsea made all the right moves. Well, no, she didn't. Chelsea can... Until she met Cole, Chelsea was sleeping with Adam and could have possibly gotten pregnant again. She could have been any one of these other girls. And if Cole was not what she wanted him to be, she could be pregnant with his kid. Because what is she pregnant before she got married? Yes. She could yes. be pregnant with his kid. He could be gone. And she could be like any one of these girls. It just so happens that she started off with more resources than they did. She had more support. She had more money. And I, I think Cole and Chelsea are great together. Anytime you find somebody that'll talk to you in that fucking baby voice, I hope they stay together forever. But I'm just saying it didn't have to work out like this. Only thing that makes Chelsea, the only thing that makes Chelsea different from Leah is how much money and support she had to start off with. The only thing that makes Chelsea different from Kate with his anxiety stuff is that Chelsea's nice to look at and Kate arguably is less nice to look at. Do you do you see what I'm saying? If this was yeah. Kate, 
we would be ripping her to shreds. Not, I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about the fandom. We'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, you don't want anything. You just want to sit on that couch, you fat bitch with those bug eyes. Like, yeah. like that has anything to do with her anxiety. I do. <laughs> they do. All the time. That dumb bitch is just going on a vacation. Right. But if Chelsea right now, and I don't think she would because she... God, imagine if she went to Arizona. Everyone would be like, she is the bravest person you that I know. Sometimes go into the fire to come out of Phoenix. Like, <laughs> could you imagine? She actually, Chelsea, if you're listening, you should go to treatment for your brand. People would fucking Chelsea, go bananas. Do not listen to Liz because Liz doesn't have your best interest at heart. Princess does, though. <laughs> she thinks the name Watson is cute. <laughs> but, but. What you should do, Chelsea, is you should just try to go to therapy. You should go. You should commit to going to one session and see how that works. Well, yeah, of and course. Next- but I just think for her brand as her social media manager. No. I As her social media manager. <laughs> She's going <laughs> to hire you and pay you. And you're going to like get this shit <laughs> popping. <laughs> We're about to make you an inspiration, Chelsea. Liz, why does Chelsea Grace look like a clown? She like she was wearing a wig. <laughs> Girl. <laughs> We need to talk about Chelsea Grace's. I think I talked about it last week. Her skin color and hair color together is. <laughs> Why is that on her face? <laughs> Why is she doing that? Donald Trump orange with the worst white blonde I've ever seen. First of all, very few people pull off white blonde successfully. Those that do look fucking amazing with it, most do not. Unfortunately for Chelsea Grace, she's one of them. I know she's trying to do the cute curly hair bang thing. Jenny Slate does a curly hair bang really well. If you want a good example of a curly hair bang, fringe, whatever. It looked like a mop. (laughs) Chelsea Grace, you know, she lost the weight. She's feeling herself, but like she needs, she needs to change that. She needs to stop tanning and she really needs to change her her hair color. Probably sharing almond at lunch. I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to do that because it yeah. makes it sound like I'm saying they have eating disorders. I don't think they do, but I think that they probably really, really work on what they eat in a way that I'm unwilling to do. Well, yeah, Chelsea doesn't even exercise. When she first got thin, she was like doing CrossFit yes. and stuff, but I don't think she exercises at all anymore. I think she just controls it with diet, which diet's like 95% of it. So. Oh, that's another thing. Yeah, diet is everything. It's like, it's, it's most of it. There's another thing I don't think she's talking about how overwhelmed she is with two small children in the house. And... I think it's contributing to her anxiety, but she can't say, I, this is a lot. No, instead she's like, I want a third. Yeah, she, 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 she won't tell it to us. I'm not saying that she never says it, but she's never going to say it on. And that's another thing you could be vulnerable about. Hey, I thought this was a great yeah. plan. I thought I knew how everything was going to be, but I've been listening to feathers in my hair and princess says one is one, two is 20 and three is a million. And I should have listened. And like, exactly right oh and what else do i have oh one last note on cole's grave is gonna say he went to a lot of father-daughter dances like they just how many fucking father-daughter dances do i how are they every episode <laughs> every episode there's a father-daughter dance it's i'm not trying to make i think it's nice he takes her i think it's nice she gets to participate of course it's but nice I just, they of make, course it's they make it a yearly event like it's like i feel like this is that and bentley's yes. birthday <laughs> Always a thing, and I'm just like, guys, this father daughter dance is like played the fuck out. You know why they're going to show it every year? Because I think it gets a lot of social media traction for Teen Mom. I want, you know, how I feel about Cole and Javi. Well, not so much Javi anymore, but people act all he does is like push a bike down the street 
And people are throwing that ass in a circle for Javi because if you see a man next to a child and not smearing, apparently he's a superhero. And, you know, on Mother's Day, I didn't spend it with my kids. And I'm never going to spend another Mother's Day with my kids again. On Mother's Day, I got up and I just left the house and did a bunch of non-things alone. And I went to lunch alone mm-hmm. because my kids are so small. They can't buy me anything. <laughs> and I will still be parenting them on Mother's Day. So I said, you know what? When they're like 19 and, they'll, and they're like, meet me here and I'll buy you lunch on Mother's Day, that's when I'll start doing it. But I didn't come home till dinner and my husband was making dinner. And I told someone that, you know, oh yeah, he just... He made dinner, he made something for them, but he made ribs just for me, and I was the only one that had ribs. And she's like, he's so nice to make you dinner. And I said, bitch, calm down. He does it four times a week. Like, the fact that he's holding a spatula does not make him, (laughs) does not make him a superhero. Calm down. Such low standards for men. (sighs) You know, misogyny. Anyway, that's all I have written down for Chelsea. Okay, I have nothing to say about Kale, except that Isaac lives in the Truman Show. Her filming job, he said. Um, you started your filming job <laughs> before when I was two? <laughs> truly, the Truman Show, if you guys have not watched it in a long time, I highly recommend you watch it. I think it's on Netflix. Yeah. It's It gets more relevant every yeah. year. Like, it's so fucking good. It holds up so incredibly well. It. I rewatched it, like, two years ago and was blown away by how good it was and how relevant Mm -hmm. it was to our society and our culture in a way that like there's no way they could have even predicted that when this movie came out that it would just continue to get more and more relevant but isaac lives in the truman show kale hates her sister hates her sister kale abandonment issues tell her that if someone is not up her ass they have left her she had a baby she's like well i don't really want the kids to know because you know unless it's like a constant it's like no, you can just tell your kids they have a cousin a and they can like see pictures. They can show pictures. Maybe they'll see them once or twice a year. Like that's actually quite normal for many people Absolutely. and their cousins. What about the, but what about the fact that. that her sister sent her a picture and said, just had the baby. I'm not posting anything, but then it was on camera. Well, I think that she said, yeah, yet, she said, not yeah, but what she never yet. did. It doesn't matter. That's In the true. moment they filmed it. <laughs> so if she said, I'm not that's posting true. anything yet. If Kale read that to us, I'd be like, oh, okay. But what happened is that she then she showed her phone to the camera. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I didn't really think... Uh, to be honest, I don't think I saw that because, you know, I was doing, like, my notes oh, yeah, taking yeah. watching. So I don't think I noticed yeah. that. But that's a really good point. Um, but, yeah, Kale, like, basically was, like, my sister's a Yeah, because she's not... Because <laughs> she just pushed a baby out of her fucking vagina. <laughs> it's not... It's not about Kale. And then she's like... Well, I know this is this may come off a little mean, guys, but then she's like, "Oh well, she'll probably talk to me, you know, to ask me questions about raising kids." And I'm like, "Kel, from what I can gather, your sister has like a whole support system. She doesn't have to call you to be like, well, how do I change a diaper?'" I I think that that I think that's what kills Kale. I think Kale is very jealous of. That this girl is her sister yet has an entire family and Kale does not. And I think Kale will get these fantasies of like reconnecting with her sister and like we're going to be family. And then she realizes that her sister like 
is interested in having a relationship with her, but isn't desperate for a relationship with her because she has a mom and a brother and a boyfriend that she's close with her boyfriend's sister, probably her boyfriend. You know what I mean? Like she has an entire network. And like I said, I think most importantly, probably a mom and a brother and does not feel desperate to be tight sisters with Kale. Although seems like Kalen has an interest in being like close and friendly with Kale, but isn't desperate for it. And I think because Kale can't feel that desperation, she takes it as rejection. And the idea that she like, won't introduce the kids to the cut, like, it's just so silly. Like your kids, it's totally fine if your kids only meet their cousin once or twice, and then the cousin goes away. Like, that's okay. And you it's really not going inf- impact, to impact them. Like that. I have, um, I, one of my cousins is, is, is very much, she operates a lot like Kelda. We are both the only child of two brothers. Her, my father's been in prison mm-hmm. for, fuck, it's going to be about 38 years. And her father, mm-hmm. um, was, a, was a drug addict and, um, killed himself. Gosh, mm. maybe 20 years ago. And she, but she was an only child in her family raised by her single mom. And I am not an only mm-hmm. child. I have lots of siblings and a billion fucking cousins. And I'm also somebody who doesn't need to be around someone 24 hours a day. And so sometimes mm-hmm. our relationship can be contentious because she really wants it to be that we're, she's also quite a bit younger than me. And so she really wants us to be mm-hmm. very, very close. And I don't mind being like, good but she needs more like she's always meeting friends and calling them siblings like or Mm -hmm. she's always like very invested in someone that she's known for like three months and it's because she's Mm -hmm. looking for this family that we just don't have on that side it's just it's just what Mm -hmm. it is and for me like I said I have other outlets but I'm also really good at accepting things as what they are and that side mm-hmm. of the family is this way and I'll take what I can use and I'll leave the rest. So the experiences that make me happy, I'll be like, yeah, this was a great experience, but I will not be like, if it doesn't happen next week, I won't be like, now fuck those motherfuckers. Cause they, she, they were having yeah. a family reunion. I was on Facebook. I had no intention of going, but we weren't like in the Facebook group. Someone happened to text us and say, Hey, I know you guys don't usually come, but if you want to go, she immediately texted me and it said something like, I'm not going to be a Jones anymore, <laughs> but if you want, but if you want to contact me, I'm still cool with you. And I said, you're changing your name. She's like, yes. Did you see they had a family reunion? They weren't going to invite us. And I was like, okay. Um, and that's the type of shit that happens with Kale. She wants to be included very much. She wants a family in so many ways, but her actions push people away. She gets very close very quickly. And then when they're not what she wants, she pushes them away. It's, it's hard to watch. And one of the things that um, I thought about Kale this week is one, I don't trust her storytelling because she's the victim in every story she tells. If you're always the victim, you're never telling the truth, Right. You, even with my kids, they'll tell me the story about how some kid did this and this and this. And I'll be like, okay, don't forget the part. Tell me what you did. Don't, you weren't sitting there quietly while this happened. And Kale will be like, well, I don't, I just walked in. That's what happened. And then these terrible things happened to me. And the other thing, I saw this on Twitter. Suffering is not a superpower. 
Kale mm. acts as if the trauma she's experienced and the fact that she's been hurt so many times in her life, she she'll be like, well, well, that's what makes me strong. That's why I'm, that's, that's mm-hmm. why I'm, I am what I, that's why I've done so much with my life because I've been through so much. You have to stop wearing that because it makes you the victim. You have to figure out a way to look at it as if you can't, you, you can't be the hurt little girl forever. That's why your relationships don't work out with anybody but Becky because Becky doesn't even take you seriously. So, oh, one more thing. I haven't gotten used to what Lux looks like anymore. I don't like the way that baby looks. I, I, I know you think so he's cute. cute. He unnerves me. And he, Her guys, does. before we, Don't I'm be not being mean to him. Before we started recording, we we heard that Kim Kardashian's new kid's name is Psalm, and we don't like it. And that's what Correct. Lux looks like to me. Someone named Psalm. I'm un I'm uncomfortable with this. I don't like that hair. It's how I feel about FaceTime and why I've been like a ball of anxiety all week because of those fucking gender swap oh FaceTimes. They upset like FaceTime. I can't even or not FaceTime face swap like upsets me on such a level. It just like makes me want to puke. I don't People know. Are so entertained by it, though. It's so it's so unnerving to me. All face swaps. I fucking hate. Looks them. like he's been face swapped to me. Okay. That's fair. I res- I'll but his hair looks better that. than Chelsea Grace's. And that's <laughs> true. That's all I really like. Kale had a pretty after the child support stuff was wrapped up. It was oh, like okay. One more thing. That's Kale it. acts like moving to a new house will change who she is. She's gonna take all her problems there with her. What is she talking about? Geography changes, and also like she's so negative. She's like, I haven't had any happy memories in this lie. house. It's like except for the three children that you first. And then she goes. Then they do these flashbacks of her fighting with her her ex-husband and baby daddy. And I'm like, girl, you're going to be fighting with them in a new house, too. These kids are going with you. <laughs> Javi's just going to have to drive a half hour yeah, to scream and, at you. And we hope Chris drives a half hour. We hope he even tries. <laughs> <laughs> All she wants is for Chris to scream at her. Chris will be like, yeah, no, I bet love. you if she when she starts rage texting him, <laughs> he doesn't even respond. He's like, okay. Oh, he probably no. I bet he number. doesn't even block because that's a reaction. I bet he doesn't respond to her. That's I bet. And then four days later, yeah, he'll be like, he'll be like What's cool. good? he'll come back. He'll be like, "Hey, girl, saw your Instagram. Like your fat ass." Or he'll say, something "What's up, Miss Lowry?" <laughs> He's a yeah. psycho. All right, Leah. Um, Leah, like she went. She took Addie to the urgent care. They said she didn't have strep. They gave strep. They gave her antibiotics to the ER. And then she's like, "She still hurts. So we're gonna take her to the ER." That's not what the Thank ER you. is for. I thought I was gonna come off so fucking mean because when your kid is sick, I know what it is. So you want them, but it didn't feel like she. First of all, she's in the back seat having a time of her life. <laughs> she is not ill. <laughs> she and then she they realizes she's talking about them and she goes, "It hurts." I the ER. <laughs> Unless she's the ER's for emergencies, babe, and that's why it costs so much. Unless she can't swallow, you take her to the ER if she can't right. swallow. So you went to urgent care, which is where you go. We can't get into your doctor. They're small kids; they have pediatricians. They have to. And I got a feeling they ain't got one. That's why they went to urgent care. So she goes to urgent care. They tell mm-hmm. her the thing, which is they did the right thing. They check. They check for strep. They should have looked for an infection. Give her antibiotics so she'll stop swelling. And if she, it hurts, you're supposed to tell them so they can give you something for it or tell you what to do with it. But then 
I guarantee you they said, because I go to urgent care because right. I don't have a doctor. And I get a sinus infection once a year, although I did not get one this year yeah. yet. Um, and what they do is they give you your medicine and then they say, you should come back or follow up with your doctor if the symptoms have not cleared up in X amount of days. And I guarantee you they said that to her. And then they also said like, if swelling, if like the swelling goes up and you can't swallow, right. then the you urgent go to the care, ER. If, you, or if you're supposed to be at an ER instead of urgent care, they will tell you to go to urgent care. Yeah. And so exactly. I thought that was interesting. And when she's in the back seat, just, you know, filling her oats in the back seat, I was like, why don't you just take her to her pedi- call her pediatrician, see if you can do a walk-in today. And just, this happened with my son. This was the lowest, this is the lowest stake. I scratched It's terrible. Well, though, it's I like... was worried for him because it's the first eye thing that's ever happened. And I was very nervous. And I took him to urgent care and they, they, put the thing in his eye to see that you could see where the scratch was. And they gave me some medicine. And then I, um, they said, now make an appointment with the doctor to get a more, you know, and I did. So the next day after that, I called the doctor. They said, okay, get here at this time. We'll see him. And that was the end of that. We did not go to the ER. ER cost so much money. I actually did go to the ER for mine because I was oh, in God. Key West. I should scratch it. <laughs> it was this whole thing we were... Um, so we had gone snorkeling and I think what happened was when I lifted up the mask, sand got in my eye somehow. And I think I rubbed the sand and like, we were at lunch after we had gone snorkeling. We were like on this camping trip, which was a whole nother story. I like forgot that I hated camping and what I was doing, I was like, why the fuck am I doing this? Um, but I was like at lunch and I was like, my eye really hurts. Like, I was like, I don't really know what's going on. So I like, I was like, there must be sand in my eye. So I was like flushing out my eye like crazy and that wasn't helping. Then I went and got eye drops and that like still wasn't helping. And it was, we were there for like this big 12 step convention thing. And like, while everybody was in the meeting, like thousands of people and like all my friends, I like went, I was like, I'm going to go take a shower. Like, I'm just not like feeling that great. And I called my, I'd been texting my dad about it. My dad was like, you really should go to the ER. Like if your eye is, if it's like five hours later and your eye still really hurts, like you should go to the ER. And, um, I didn't, I I don't know like what frame of mind I was in, but I didn't want to like interrupt (laughs) any of my friends. So I just like drove to the ER and like texted my friend and was like, Hey, I'm like going to the ER now. And my friend Alana was like, what? Like it would have driven you. And I was like driving with one eye because I like literally couldn't see out of my left eye. It was so bad. Like my eyes swelled shut basically because I like couldn't stop messing with it because it hurt so bad. And once I got there, they were like, oh yeah, they didn't. He was like, there's no sand in it, but like you clearly scratched it. They gave me like prescription eye drops and I got a tetanus shot. Because they're like a, they're like a pain reliever too. It's like a topical pain reliever. Well, that was... Yeah. And then we had to drive home from Key West the next day, which was four hours. And after like two hours, I had to wake up the, my roommate was sleeping in the passenger seat. And I was like, you have to drive. I can't see it. I was like, I can't keep my other eye open anymore. I can't see out of this eye. Luckily mine wasn't that bad. Um, but yeah, so I went to the ER because I was like in Key West. I, you know what I mean? Like I didn't really know. This was also in like 2000. 15 so there wasn't an urgent care on every block but that's, yet that's another reason that you go to the er you're not at home you're not sure what to do 
it's been a long time. Yeah. You could have had, if exactly. you didn't just have an abrasion, you could, if you had a cut in that bitch, you could lose an eye. Oh, yeah. it could have gotten infected. So, yeah. I, I'm so happy you're saying this because as I was writing this down, I was like, Princess, you are a bitch. Why are you kind <laughs> No. And MJ, like, trying to make, like, the music is going. It's so dramatic. And Lee's like, I'm so nervous. I'm like, are you? Like, your kid she's- is, like, sick, but she's acting fine. Like, her lymph nodes are swollen. Like, you guys, and, like, literally, she's, like, trying to convince us that she thinks it's cancer. And right. I don't believe that for one and she's second. she's like, is it the C? That's what Victoria said. I was also, like, can we not say cancer? Let's not forget <laughs> that Leah has a daughter with serious medical issues and disabilities. And I do not believe for a second that she went into a tailspin over Addie having swollen lymph nodes, which I guess eventually they didn't say it in this episode, but I know from C- uh, from what's it called from social media, she had mono, but like, I don't believe that Leah thought that she had cancer. I think that Jeremy was giving her attention and Jeremy was taking it seriously. So she was fucking thrilled. And like, put, like Jeremy, caring like hyped her up to another level and i tried to be empathetic because like i said i know what it's like to have small kids that are sick um and you do worry a lot especially if it's something that's never happened before but it just seemed that they were doing all the like why are we spending the night close to the hospital when you could just what what's she (laughs) she was five. five years old okay she's six she's got a doctor because she has to keep She's got like I think you have to get six year old shots. Shots, excuse me. There, like, there's all kinds of things you have to go to when you're that young. Like, I can see if you don't have a doctor when you're like 13, and also if you don't have the resources. Yeah. But Leah is is a wealthy woman. So. Also, like, the worst thing that would happen in this situation would be that her throat would like swell, and then you would drive to the that's doc- when you go to, to the ER. ER. That's closing. Like. But, like, you can still breathe. You know what I Like, you just can't swallow. Like, I just, I didn't buy the level of desperation she was trying to sell us. And then she stayed over at his house and and fucked him. So, it's so. And Oreo called her out on it. It's so far from your house that you gotta spend the night, and the twins are all the way back there. You gotta go pick them up. Why'd you go pick up the twins? I have a real problem with her bringing the twins to Jeremy's house. I have a real problem with them sleeping in his bed. I think it's beyond. Um, I just feel like this is. No, it's just an an, an inappropriate boundary. He's not their stepfather anymore. He's a random guy. Saying all kinds of things. I know that small children. I really got in trouble with a friend one time because she was upset with me because um, she. I felt like she was always looking for a father for her kid, and the truth is, he Mm -hmm. had one. Because you can't make a baby by yourself. His father just wasn't very good. And he knew of his father. His father was not around. And she... And if we're going to be completely honest, she got pregnant on purpose for a man who had several children that he wasn't taking care of. So she needs to take personal responsibility in this. But either way, he didn't have a very good father. And she was always looking for a father for him. And... I asked her why she allowed her six-year-old to call men daddy who were not her his daddy. And she said, well, mm-hmm. you think I should be mean and tell him to stop? And I was like, no, I think you should be a parent and just be like, hey, you know, you know, you know your daddy. 
and I know he's not really around and everything, but this is whatever the guy's name is. And you know, he's mommy's friend and he's, he'll, he'll hang out with you too, but it's not the same as dad. Because when you allow that to go on and you don't check it, it says it's okay. Kids test boundaries. So then now when that guy's not around anymore, he didn't just have one daddy left him. He had two, three, four. Yeah, <laughs> it makes exactly. it worse. And some people don't have dads. I know that's a harsh thing to say, but some people don't have dads. And the sooner someone lets makes it clear that you not having a dad is okay, not about you, and that you have, look at all these other people who love you. Um, one of my kids' caseworkers before I adopted them would pick them up. And the first thing she would ask them is who loves you? Because they had never had anybody that loved them that like expressed that kind of stuff to them. And mm-hmm. so at first they couldn't do it. They were like, nobody. <laughs> and, she was, and she was like, well, number one, I love you. I care about you. I'll always show up for you. Number two, you love each other. And, and so after practicing this with them, they could name four or five people every time, even if it was like a cartoon character, but they, they were learning what love is. And and so if you can yeah. show them that, hey, you have all these people around you that are supportive and and maybe this person isn't what we want him to be, but he's but maybe he will be. But right now, this is what you have. Like Leah could have real conversations with those kids and be like, you know, I love hanging out with daddy too. First of all, stop calling him daddy because <laughs> it's gross. But I love hanging out with your daddy too. Um, and it's so much fun. And I love when we get along because that makes everyone happy, but you know, that no matter what happens, me and mom, daddy are not going to get back together. We're just good friends. And she has to reinforce that every time Addie says it, because Addie really thinks this is going to happen because she's six years old. And also she saw you yeah. guys. Fun. And because so- they're <laughs> yeah. Leah just like, that she brings the twins into her dating situation. So this is the second guy the twins yeah, are dating those this twins year. get around, don't they? <laughs> they yeah. got two boyfriends and they're like, what, it's, eight, ten? <laughs> it's so inappropriate. It's like, if you want to fuck Jeremy and, like, get back together with Jeremy and do this bullshit with Jeremy, like, figure it out, the two of you, without the kids knowing. But the thing is, it's never going to work with Jeremy. For all the reason, it has never worked no, with Jeremy. No, because he's... he's He's going to get a job again out of town. The three-hour job is not going to no, last. the thing is, Jeremy's cool being casual with you, but I don't think Jeremy likes Leah. He That's does not like true. Leah's ways. He doesn't find her intelligent. He doesn't trust her. He, but she's cool to watch TV with and have and have a beer and let Addie run. The reality is Leah and Jeremy don't not know each all. other very well. Not at all. Oh, and I and so this is the main thing I'm about to say. It's probably controversial. Jeremy's a better parent than Leah is. And that doesn't mean he loves her more and he does more, but he's the one that says, put on your seatbelt. He's the one that says, you can't have candy for dinner. He doesn't show up for her. But I think it's because he is just like in general better understanding. Well, yeah, but I'm saying that he parents better than her because he can set boundaries. He I trust. I get what you're saying. Decisions. When he's there, he parents But Leah better. keeps showing up in a way that Jeremy will never. I'm. I'm telling you, like, it's not that he's not attached to Addie. I'm telling you that he does not think that that men and their kids spend all day together. Yeah. Well, his dad yeah. was an oil rigger too. He saw his dad yeah. on Sundays. And 
he does not think that Addie needs him right now. And also, he, agreed, it's a cultural difference. difference. It's not that he doesn't love her. He just is like, well, I have to go to work, which is on which. I also understand too. He just is like, this is how fathers do it. And when she's 13, I will certainly yeah. take her to King's Dominion. That's a place in Virginia. <laughs> oh, okay. oh, I know. <laughs> I'll certainly take her to King's Dominion and I'll buy her the, the junior prom. Like I'll, I'll always answer her phone mm-hmm. calls when she's 20, because talking to a 20 year old is easy. I pay $1,500 yeah, a month. In child buy her that car. She, she's always welcome at my house, yeah. but what do you mean that I have to FaceTime a six-year-old? That's crazy. And so, yeah. and Agreed. Leah is a bad parent in that she's not good at what she does. She's not abusive. She's just not good at it. What is she? <laughs> really how old is she now? When she's like raising Gracie's kids, she'll be excellent at it because she'll have a lot of experience. Yeah, I think that Leah, okay, I'm not saying that she should be okay. with Jason, but I think that Leah is going to get herself all fucked up if she thinks that, like, I don't know how I want to word this, but I don't think it would be bad for Leah and the girls for her to marry someone who actually is, like, authoritarian and, like, punishes kids and, like, has rules and consequences. they can be bad cop, she'll be good cop? Yeah, I mean, yeah, because somebody has to do it. I think that it wouldn't be a bad idea, but the kids would resent it terribly because that's not their parent. And especially the twins have an active parent in their life. And I think, and yeah. even if they, even if he's saying the same things Corey would say, I'm sure the type of person Leah would find would not be much different from Corey. So even if Leah's never going to be able to healthily no. blend so a family, I, ever. I can totally even see ever. Gracie being like, "You're not going to tell me that." Yeah, I guess and I agree. I guess mine's more like in theory, and I do I yeah. agree with what you're saying because, yeah, Leah's never going to be able to just healthily like introduce a guy and his kids into their family, especially one, unless like that guy literally like wants to do nothing but play with the girls all day and like have no rules. Right. And in a lot of ways, Chelsea's the bad cop and Cole's the good cop. So I'm, I'm not saying yeah, Cole doesn't absolutely. Cole, I think in all I'm the ways. I'm not saying Cole doesn't actively participate in parenting. What I'm saying though, is that if somebody's got to talk to Aubrey and tell her she can't do something and punish her, it's going to be Chelsea, not Cole. And, that works very well for them. And I don't think that Leah has, I just don't think Leah's very good at that kind of stuff. I think Leah, she's just not a very good parent. I think it's, I do think that it's easier to blend a family when the, the parent, like the, when the mom of the children or the dad of the children is the one that's already yes. the authoritative one and the step parent is the easier going one by nature. I think that makes for a better blended family situation than the parent, the biological parent being the lackadaisical one and finding a step parent that wants yeah, And I've talked schools. about this a million times on Spelling Tea, which is my podcast about Tori Spelling. I just consume Tori Spelling content and spit out a podcast. And she's a step parent and they, on her on her reality TV show, she had this whole thing where she was like, we do the co-parenting. So keep in mind, she's co- the woman you're co-parenting with is the woman's husband, is the woman whose husband you slept with. So they set up a meeting where the two of them have lunch. And I was like, oh, you guys don't know how to co-parent because Tori, if, as a step-parent, your job is to support Dean as a parent. Like, you don't make the rules. Dean makes the rules. 
which is crazy because that is how they're fucking right parenting but, relationship I mean, they, goes they with their bio kids show, uh, for the show but so it worked chelsea yeah. and cole work out wonderfully because chelsea makes the rules chelsea enforces the rule cole supports the rules and he supports chelsea and mm-hmm. leah can never be yeah. that i can you it's, tell it's too me late a situation in which jeremy and leah get back together and it works how does it work it, it will never no work. it doesn't because here's the thing their core issues are always going to be the same jeremy's not going to be working three hours away forever as soon as Jeremy's job moves further than this three hour away job, which it will, they're going to like stop sure. hooking up again. Um, Leah's always going to have the issues with him. She, and this is why, like, I think Leah's going to have a really hard time dating because she hates that Jeremy's yeah. not involved. But then she also, when a guy is involved, like Jason, she doesn't have any idea how to like healthily manage that and healthfully blend those families. So she's, it's going to be very hard for her to find somebody who gives her what she wants and she knows what to do with like it. Four episodes, Jeremy was a deadbeat and dad four episodes ago. And now, literally. And now it's like, ugh, can you believe Jeremy drove all the way home and now he wants to take her to the hospital? It's just like he's showing Jeremy's up and that's amazing. He wants to take her to the hospital. Yeah, because Jeremy's like fucking Lee again. So also, he's like, Okay. Although I, I trust Jeremy to parent more than Leah does. Jeremy has no experience with children because Jeremy has only been in the house with kids for 24 to 40 hours. <laughs> so if I'm yeah. trusting the urgent care doctor, it's probably a nurse or a nurse practitioner. Um, what I still trust them more than I would trust what Jeremy says, especially if she's got all that yeah, energy and she's course. running around. Kids, when they're sick, you. this is how I know when one of my sons is sick. He goes, can I take a nap? And then he goes upstairs and goes, yeah, I don't want to watch TV. I just want to lay in my bed. He's sick. That's how I knew he had strep throat. So like, if he was like, let's go to the mall. (laughs) Fuck, you're not sick. (laughs) So uh, what did I have anything else down? He's dead big dad. Jeremy's a bear parent. Jeremy had to tell Addie to buckle up. (laughs) Although, Jeremy does Absolutely. ride with her in the front seat he, sometimes. Because he's like, he, Jeremy's David with a filter. A hundred percent. Yeah. Jeremy does think it's stupid Correct. to run around with these guns on the Instagram, on the Instagram. Who? How old am I? On Instagram. But, but I, Jeremy probably has a huge gun safe. Oh, my kid was invited to a sleepover. And this is his second sleepover. His first sleepover yeah. he did well at, and I was so nervous for the second one. So I was like, okay, I guess this didn't work. I go drop him off. There's this huge gun safe in the living room. I was like, oh, are all they all locked up? I faked an injury and went home. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I think I sometimes I gotta go. You know what? I'm gonna call you. You gotta come with me because uh, we have an emergency. Like I basically was like, we gotta take Addie to the ER. <laughs> we gotta go. And he is like, oh, we're going to reschedule it. I was like, no, never. <laughs> he could go over I here. I don't blame him. It's a serious thing. I don't want, if I had kids, I wouldn't want them going it's, where their guns in the home. It's not that I don't trust them, but I barely trust you that you're not going to hurt my child overnight. And so this is too much for mm-hmm. me. 
I can't do all this. Mm-hmm. And I just can't. And the fact that this is huge is in the living room tells me a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I just, I mean, I do live in Texas. I did grow up in Virginia. I, I mean, I grew up in a part of, I grew up where your mom's from. Yeah, so we like, have guns in our, <laughs> there aren't that many guns around. <laughs> so, so my dad had guns. I guess he still has them somewhere. But they were, like, in a gun safe, locked in our basement. Like, Like, we didn't look at that. Like, I don't... Well, like, the basement, garage, same thing. Like, we never... I never saw them. They were for hunting. My dad rarely went hunting. Like... Wait. They were such a non-entity. Your dad did not go on Instagram Live with his guns? (laughs) Wait. And say things like, come and take them. <laughs> nope, he did not. Um, so it's not that I'm like anti, like I would be anti kids going to any house that had a gun, but like a gun safe in the in the living room. It's too yeah, much. that I says something. Like it, was, it was like open the door, boom, gun safe. I was like, it was bigger than me, Liz. It, it was exactly. bigger. It was taller and wider than me, oh. and I'm wide. It was big. My ex boyfriend's dad is like crazy crazy into guns and they have a room so off they built their house like in the 80s it's not like a huge house but like it's a nice house and they built basically this arsenal room (laughs) that's like off of one of the bedrooms like it if they moved out it would be like a sitting room or like a an office off a bedroom and like that door stays locked so, like, you can't get into that room unless you have a key or maybe there's a code on the door. I can't remember. And then the house is basically built around to make sure that this safe could fit in it. And I swear to God, it's huge. And then I think there are guns. There are definitely guns that, like, sit outside the safe, too. But, like, you can't. You know what I mean? Like, you have to get through the yeah. door to even get in there, which, like, you can't do. Um, but, like, it's crazy. I So, yeah, I have an idea of how big it was. Like, the, the safe is like I said, the house was basically built around this safe. And so, yeah, I understand. Yeah. And that freaks and me it out. Was, it was just, a, it was just one of those things. Like I'm really nervous about my kids spending the night anywhere. Um, when mm-hmm. I say I empathize with um, Chelsea about anxiety, especially surrounding children, I really do. I worry mm-hmm. about them a lot. And I really am someone that's like, well, this might be inconveniencing me, but I'm definitely going to do this because in the long run, this is going to set them up for this. Like I, I get really worried about them. And yeah. so overnight visits are, are tough for me to begin with. Uh, just because you're not as safe. Also, we talked about, you talk about this all the time on the show, how being a single parent or being a, someone whose child is vulnerable in a lot, in a way opens them up to predators and, the type of kids mm-hmm. that are always in my home are always people that are always the type of children that make them vulnerable to predators. By the way, I forgot to say this earlier, but regardless of what happens with Kaiser, Inslee, and Marissa, and even Jace, this is a trauma. It doesn't matter if they end up back at the house. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if they never go back there again. Whatever they go through is hard. And the idea and for people that are talking about, okay, well, thank God the, they'll never have to see those people again. One, that's not true. And two, 
they are in some very, those children are in very tough positions. Um, so basically when I'm talking, so with my kids, they're all been through all these different traumas and been through these journeys and stuff, even anyone that's in my house. And so I'm always so concerned about leaving them places unprotected and what other people will say to them, do to them. So overnight visits are very tough for me. I don't have any family in this state. I don't have, I, I just, I want you to sleep at home. So already I was like on, mm-hmm. but you know, everybody's having a sleepover and it's only so long. Like right now they don't have nerd guns, you know, those Nerf guns or whatever. They don't, they can't play with guns, mm-hmm. but I give it two years that I can keep that right now. They don't really get screen times during the week because of the way there's everything structured. But I don't think I'm going to be able to do that in the fifth grade. <laughs> so I'm doing what I can now. Yeah. I'm just getting nervous. So I guess I'm sorry for all the mean things I said about you, Chelsea. <laughs> all right. No, you're not. All right. So what have we been doing this? Two and a half hours? Bye. Two hours and 45 minutes. You're welcome, everyone, for our sacrifice. Yeah, because now I can't listen to the show on Sunday. I did this for you. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, I think that's it. Um, If anything, like, crazy, 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 crazy happens with Janelle, you'll hear from me midweek. Nothing crazy is going to happen. You will hear from me next weekend, which is Memorial Day weekend. Can you believe it? I pulled out my bathing suits today. Just like a real troll for me. (laughs) The pool's been open since February. Um, (laughs) um, But nothing big is going to happen with Janelle because um, it's now it slows down. It's going to be a very slow process. It's going to be, I would give it at least another week for you to hear anything tangible about what's going to happen. And then after that, I don't know. My prediction. Just my totally off-the-wall okay. wild prediction is that Nate will probably get full custody and Ensley and Marissa will be back there in, like, three months. And Jace will be visiting when? Mm, the day after they get to- Maybe not. Maybe not if Barbara actually does something about this, okay. like, on her end. I could see her going back and requesting you, you supervised see visits. Barbara... We've talked about this. I almost called you Janelle. Jesus. We've talked about this, Janelle, that Barbara prioritizes having a relationship with Janelle over Jace's safety because she feels so much guilt over everything that happened to Janelle. So I think it's 100%. Why won't you do I think that she might. To avoid, I wonder maybe to avoid CPS coming knocking on her door. I I can see maybe supervised visits going on for a little bit, and then Jace will be back there eventually. Um, but I think Ensley, Marissa, three months. Okay. okay, I I can I can see this happening. I can see th- this happening. I can also see them being back in the house in two weeks, and. I know that yeah. that's going to disappoint a lot of you guys. If they don't, fi- if if all it is is that he killed the dog, yeah. Especially Ensley and Marissa, if he didn't shoot the dog right. in and front then, of them. And then um, Nate uses this in his custody bid. And that's how he gets Kaiser. Yeah, I think they also 
I would believe that maybe Kaiser is the only one that gets hard physical discipline. Yes. So, yeah. She seems like a little, she seems like an old cat. Like, no trouble at all. Like, you, she never even yeah. makes a sound. Yeah, and, and Ensley's, Ensley's like, just becoming a toddler. Right, she's small, and I bet yeah. Janelle spoils Ensley because she looks just like her, and she's the girl yeah. that she always wanted. And I bet Kaiser is inconvenient. Yeah, well, he's a wild toddler. All toddlers are inconvenient. Is he a toddler? Is he three or is he four? He's four. Okay, so yeah, he's so and he needs all this energy. I've got. I would wear Ty Kaiser out. I would put Kaiser in a bunch of sports. I would have him outside playing all day. He would be sleepy at dinner. I would. I would just get him to the position where, like, he's like a little go 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 machine. He's like a little tank. That's what he looks like to me. And yeah. I, I would just, I'd be like, all right, let's beat into it. Let's, let's get you going. <laughs> Agreed. All right, Princess, all right. thank you so much for coming on. All right, anytime. You're so appreciated. Yep. If anybody wants to find me, I don't know if you want to find me, but if you want to find me, I'm, I'm Princess Jones on Twitter and Instagram. And I meant what I said. I'm going to... When I told Liz this, she was like, you serious? <laughs> because we always talk about how... We how talk about t- our podcasts that we would do if it didn't take any energy or time to do podcasts. Right. We were even like, we should talk about us. And then I was like, I'm actually tired. I just said that. <laughs> I am. I'm you remember the... So last time oh, I yeah. asked to be on the podcast and then you had to go out of town and I saw you recording something. And I was... And immediately after I asked you to be on the podcast, I was like, why don't you ask to do that? <laughs> You're exhausted. <laughs> but I'm going to do it. So I'm going to, so I still have spelling tea and I still, and I'm going to do buy pumpkin. And I really hope to make it something that is both fun to do, entertaining. I'm going to have Liz on, obviously. And yeah, so stay tuned for that, guys. I can't wait. All right. Bye. This has been an episode of Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Executive producers Molly McAleer and Liz Bentley. Produced by Nicole Matthews. Special thanks to Sarah DiGiovanna for our logo. Head on over to our Patreon page for more rewards. www.patreon.com slash ebpsychos.com 